This episode is sponsored by CastlemaniaGames.com. Castlemania specializes in retro and modern video game accessories. Their store includes new retro accessories from HD Retrovision, Eon Gaming, Retrobit, and more. They also carry products from modern games to consoles and accessories, as well as homebrew and repo parts. At checkout, use the coupon code THEGAMERSLOUNGE to get 10% off your order. Thanks again to Castlemania Games for sponsoring this show. Welcome back to the Gamers Lounge Podcast. My name is John Meadows. With me as always is Dennis and Nathaniel. Eric is somewhere at a video game swap meet or something, I think. I don't... Who knows? See, I made the time because I don't know if you can see my background here. But, you know, I, I even though I'm out here in this beautiful city. Oh, yeah, yeah. In what city is that that you're beautiful hanging out in? Cartoon this city. Is, uh, <laughs> yeah. This is, uh, you know... You know that one city. That's you know it's, that it's one. There. Yeah, okay, I got you. <laughs> hey, they have the snack market right there, so you know it's good. Yeah, it's got to be good, right? I mean, come on. That's <laughs> why I was like, "What city is that? What, what kind of a city?" Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, the city no. in Cyberpunk was a night city. Is that what it's called? <laughs> Night city, nightlife city, whatever it's called. Nights. I can't remember. You're, you're high remember. up. I think you're sitting on top of traffic light or something. You gotta be. Kind of looks like, like it looks way like up you're, street level. Yeah, it looks like you're <laughs> you're perched on a street light. That's what it looks like. Cause it's, yeah, you know. yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, and and it's not. It's pretty much where I'm at. It's not comfortable, but you know, you make do with what you get. So I I can only imagine sitting on a pole <laughs> for the next two hours. That sounds horrible. <laughs> I think we may already have the title of the show, Setting on a Pole. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Sure. We'll see how the Let's night goes. Come any other more yeah, random we'll stuff yeah, we'll, later. We'll see. I'll, I'll, we I'll jot that one down <laughs> as a possible, let's see, pole. Let me, I'll remember that. <laughs> when the North Pole goes south. Yeah. <laughs> no, you do not want that pole to go south. <laughs> no. no, you oh, do okay. not. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Boy, that took us. That took, over here. Yep. That, yep. that took a turn. Yeah, from quick. north to south. Yeah. That was a big turn. That was yeah. a big turn. <laughs> a turn the wrong way. That's not the way they were supposed yeah. to rotate. No, nope. no. It That's wasn't. why it's a pole. Yeah. <laughs> Whew. All right. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> let's talk about games. That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about things we've been playing like we always do. Um, uh, Nathaniel, if you want to start, because the only game I have played is Elden Ring, and I know you've played it a whole lot more than I have. Um, well, we'll do that one second. Okay. If we're going to start there, I'll just Horizon first, because last time I played kind of like the intro mission and a little bit and just kind of got to the open world part, if I remember right. I did so laundry I last night, and I still have not seen the opening credit scroll, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. So the opening credits that you you boot up the game, you go into like the tutorial kind of yeah. mission zone. That's kind of like a linear thing that takes you through uh, with. Um, Oh, I forget the guy's name. But yeah, anyway, you have someone name, yeah. with you that lets you explain some things like, hey, here's how you do this. And it's kind of a weird way to do a tutorial that's not just directly tutorial at the at the player. But right. It's kind of fun. So you go through all that, and it's kind of like a little mini level. Takes If you take your time going around all of it, it's, you can spend an hour or two in there if you yeah. really, really want to. And I think that's and what then I've you go, <laughs> And then you go kind of like with, through via cutscene, you end up back at the, the desert city from the first game yep. and talk to some... NPCs and stuff there, and when you leave there, that's when you get kind of like a credit sequence, and then the title comes up. Oh, okay. See, I was getting ready to leave there yeah. last night, and I yeah. or, and I said, "Well, it's time. To, laundry's done. It's time to go to bed." So, <laughs> so I am almost there, though. I'm I'm really really close to the the credits. Oh yeah, that's pretty much where I was last time we did a show. Was about there, plus a little bit after the actual like credit sequence. So like maybe three hours into the game or something i've played i played it for about maybe 20 a little over 20 hours total i think before i dropped it for something different when it came out uh but i've gotten so you drop into kind of like the first open world area is like a smaller area in quotes even though technically it's smaller it's still a pretty big area but like some other open worlds do, it's like, here, we'll put you in here to get used to a lot of like kind of how it works and all the different like things that you can find. And then we'll release you into an even bigger section. But the small section is still very big. You go down there and the whole point is the gate to go out into the land where like the other like hostile tribe is. There's supposed to be some sort of like a, they call it an embassy, I believe. Where like you're meeting with some some of those tribes to like broker a peace and then maybe get Aloy permission to go out into the rest of the map. Right. But in order to do that, you have to do some things in this zone first and like do like other things so that the stupid hoity-toity priest guy will actually go to the place because he's all like it's not safe and yeah. He just pulls open a scroll and reads from it half the time and he's a character that's totally designed for you to not like. <laughs> Because even Aloy in game is like time like shushing him and stuff, <laughs> right? So you know you're not supposed to like that guy. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's very much like taking Horizon Zero Dawn and going, okay, here's all the things that worked from this game, and then let's improve it. Yeah, let's do here's like stuff that was really cool, but let's like do little tweaks to keep it and just to make it a little bit better. And here's stuff that we weren't quite as strong on. So let's do a lot better here. Like the biggest thing, which I'm pretty sure I talked about last time too, is the character animation is so much better in this game. It's, it's insane. Yeah, like, it really is. The difference in it. Cause Same that was one of the too, ones where there's really some good in the first one. I thought it was decent in the first one for the main quest stuff. But then a lot of the side content was a lot of auto generated lip sync stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it also, by going back to it, all of it sucks. I'm being strong here. Cause it doesn't actually suck, but just by comparison, it's like so much higher here. So like, there's a lot more performance capture stuff here where like people moving around and doing stuff outside of like, major cutscenes, like just the back and forth dialogue between you and somebody kind of like uh, in a town somewhere and you're talking to them and getting like a mission. So like they're saying, hey, go do this thing and you have a few dialogue options to get more information, that kind of stuff. They're actually like, you know, walking back and forth and doing stuff. Whereas in the last game, it's pretty much just, I will stand out here and talk at you kind of yeah. stuff. 
And that's just partly because we're on the PS5 or, you know, even PS4 version probably does it. I can't say because I'm playing on PS5, but their engine, you know, they've done their game. Now that's the sequel, so we can make a bunch of improvements in a bunch of areas. Right. So it was very optimized things to make it all work better. It was very like Mass Effect, you know, when you'd walk up to somebody and they would never, they would. That's what it reminded me of when you talked to somebody. Yes. It was kind of very Mass Effect, you know. The, the the body would stand there and ah ba 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 ba. You know, yeah. this one it's not like that. Well, this even one. Mass Effect by the time they got to three did a little bit more, <sighs> yeah. you know, outside of that. But or even two did a lot of improvements there. But he, that's also part of just the era those games were made. Right. You can only do so much. Yeah. So this is kind of pushing that forward a little bit. I found myself a lot more engaged with characters when I'm going into a town to talk to them. Be like, oh, hey, you have a mission. Let me talk to you. Or you're just some random person I can talk to optionally. You're not giving me anything other than some cool, like, dialogues. Like, hey, how have you been since the first game? Or whatever. Right. So it's just a lot more engaging to, like, watch it and be there. So it's really... I don't know, really, really good. There's a lot of good details in the animations that are, like, just general gameplay, too, that's extra mm. here. They just got a lot, pack a lot more detail overall in that game, which is impressive based on how like, much detail there was in the first game. Because it's still a very pretty game, but this one somehow manages to just go yeah. 10 steps beyond it, which is all the environments and everything. It's well, and really that's cool. the, the one part... And it's not a spoiler. I mean, it happens right in the tutorial section. It's where you're, where the shuttle falls, and the whole thing is collapsing, and she's running, and the and it kind of falls down. When there's a cutscene, and she kind of goes forward, and just the animation of her, the things falling down. You could see the expression on her face. It was really, really well done, and it to me, it looked totally different than than anything that was on the last, you know, uh, the last or the first one. I mean, just, just the facial animations and the, and the mocap, I'm guessing is probably, they probably did a lot more mocap on this, I'm guessing than they did on the other one. Um, maybe, I don't know. I haven't seen any making of or behind the scenes stuff or anything. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they probably did some performance capture stuff in the first game, but the way they implement it here, mm. they can put more detail and keep it in there. Maybe I don't know. Well, like I don't it, know any behind the scenes stuff, but yeah. it definitely comes off very well. Yeah, it does. Even like just rendering wise details, like especially in cutscenes where it's like, hey, it's raining, and you see all the individual droplets and stuff on the face, and just like the skin and everything looks wet. Mm. Beside that, it's just they do a really good job of doing all the details that video games don't always do well. I would say that like maybe. Outside of, like, Last of Us Part Two and a couple other things, this is probably the highest fidelity kind of, like, character and type stuff in cutscenes especially that uh, we've seen to this point for the most part. I mean, there's some, probably some stuff I'm forgetting about, but yeah. it's definitely high up there with, like, hey, this looks really good. <laughs> yeah. Once you do get out of uh, that first area, it opens way up, and I'm, like, in the second area, and I've wandered a decent amount of that and there's still at least two or three more areas i probably got about a third of the whole entire map like unlocked so there's still <laughs> a ton that i have not gotten to in that game yet yeah. the main story takes some cool interesting turns too once you get out of the like first area and start getting into oh wait this is what this game's about so there's some fun kind of little twists and turns even early on that's pretty cool the first kind of big uh 
like city from a different tribe you go to is neat because it's all built out of these old uh, satellite dishes, like mm. giant satellite dishes that then has a bunch of other stuff on top of it, and it just looks really, really cool. And there's, yeah, there's just some all sorts of fun, neat details and stuff out there. It's a really fun game. And I will go back to it and finish it. It's going to be a while, though, because I'm playing Elden Ring, and that game is just... I'm not... I figure I can more easily go back to Horizon because there's all sorts of resources in that game to do so because it's a spell-it-out kind of a game where you have, hey, here's all the controls, here's all the things, here's where the story is, you can find all that. Elden Ring, if you go away and then come back, you'll be like, wait... What NPC was it that told me to go where is if you're not in it, you're going to forget a lot of that type of stuff. Yeah. Not that it matters because there's so much in there you can get distracted by. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But Elden Ring is huge, man. It's so big. Yeah. So I'm going to do my best not to do any like real spoilers or anything. Not that I've really seen much that could be a spoiler at this point that hasn't, wasn't shown in kind of like gameplay previews or anything like that. Trailers, but. Maybe there might. It depends too on what people consider a spoiler or not. So I actually like even wrote out some notes, <laughs> like bullet points of stuff I didn't want to forget. First off the bat, main menu music, top tier. It's epic. It's awesome. Main menu. We haven't even gotten to the game yet. The main menu already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is, Dude, is top tier. The main menu theme is great. Like I'll s- sit it's and listen really... to it each time I boot it up, and because it's, it's only like sixty seconds long or so, but it like has a little bit of a lighter intro and then like the drums and the horns and stuff kick in and just like epic is kind of the you know what they were going for and they hit it it's really good really good theme music just music in general in the game is really good yeah yeah it is it's which isn't a surprise because FromSoft has pretty good music for all of their games at least the ones i've played so like before quitting uh earlier uh when we were going to record the podcast tonight so i've done about 33 hours of the game so i've put in quite a chunk of time uh let's see what do we want to go to first okay we'll do the easy comparison first that you see everywhere is like this is like breath of the wild which is sort of true and sort of not right i think what everyone or at least what i would mean if i'm saying that elden ring is like breath of the wild it's like okay when nintendo sat down they're like hey let's take the foundation of all of our Zelda games, and then let's do our version of an open world game. And, you know, it's different from kind of like what most everything else had been at the time. And then Elden Ring is kind of like FromSoft saying, hey, here's the foundation of all of our games that we've done to this point. Let's do a big open world game that uses similar kind of uh, design philosophies and goals to what Breath of the Wild did. So like, yeah, I've been seeing that a lot, like people kind of echoing those statements. Well, it's all, it's some fundamental things. So it's not like Breath of the Wild in that like, hey, you run around and you're doing Zelda mechanics and you can climb on anything. It's not that. It's very much about like, here's a big world. You see all sorts of stuff and it's all on the player to go explore and find things. You can bring up a map and you can put icons on it uh, if you want to mark something down. And then some, sometimes when you find like a little like a checkpoint uh uh, sites of grace or whatever the basically the campfires of this game yeah. or some like little dungeons or major locations they'll like sit on your map automatically or you put like markers your own stuff you can even do beacons like you could in breath of the wild so like the map system has a lot of similarities to it 
but it's all on the player to go explore and find things and do it themselves. This is not the other end of the spectrum, which is like Ubisoft open world games where it's like, here's all the icons, go to the icons. So yeah. this does not have go to the icon syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. No, it, it doesn't. And it's... Which is nice because other than Breath of the Wild, there's not really many games that have done that. Yeah, John keeps cutting out, so I can't hear him. Oh, it's <laughs> fine. No, no, you're fine. Go ahead. So, like, I think you're saying something. I don't know. I can't tell. The other thing that I would say that would, this shares similarities with Breath of the Wild is it's uh, there's a lot of stuff to find. It's not just a big map. Like, so, lots of games are like, oh, our map is like so big. It's like the biggest map ever made. It's so big. But they're empty and boring and stupid and you don't want to go running around in them because there's nothing to do or it's like there's like things to do with a bunch of empty space in between this is not that this is so jam-packed with stuff it's kind of insane like i can't believe how much stuff they've managed to pack into every little nook and cranny like even just the opening area of the game like the first part of the map that you start in i've got so many like icons and like uh checkpoint things that i've Oh man, I've gone spent so much time just even in that first area of the game. That like, how did they put so much stuff? It's kind of nuts. Like they probably were like, oh hey, this area over here, guys, we didn't put anything here. Let's put something here. Oh wait, here's something else that the playtesters found. Let's put something over here so that when players go there, there'll be something there. Like there's always something to find, even if it's yeah, just what? hey, we hid a little treasure around uh, underneath the rock over here, or hey, here's a hidden cave that you had to go under an outcropping to go find it, and you know, good for you for going off the beaten path, kind of a thing. So, well, it's, I say, it's a beautiful world too. Like the moment you walk out, you're just hit with this incredible environment right away. Like once yeah. you get up from that tutorial area, uh, it's amazing. I've been having fun. I've see- sought out because of Elden Ring getting all the hype finding some Let's Plays of people who'd never played FromSoft games before, just specifically so I could see them play the beginning part. Because the way the game starts is you go into kind of like a character creator, you pick kind of like a starting class, which, you know, in classic FromSoft fashion, doesn't need to mean anything past the first few hours of the game. It's pretty much just how you want to play it when you start. But, like, then you go, you have, like, an opening kind of cutscene thing, and you wake up and you start walking around, and then immediately there's a boss fight that you're supposed to lose. Right. So people who don't know anything about these games starting, it's pretty funny to like screaming around because it's like it's not like it's sitting there like some of the other games that they've made in the past. It's just it comes up from uh, behind the scenery and lands and it's something with like a bunch of limbs and stuff. You're like, oh, what's that thing? So it's really fun. Then you die and then you wake up and you start the real part of the game in the tutorial cave that you can totally walk by. It's the one like problem in quotes that I have with uh, Elden Ring so far. The tutorial zone. You can miss it pretty easily if you're not paying attention or if you're just like, hey, I don't want to take the plunge. Because you wake up and there's a little message of saying, like, the cave of knowledge lies below. And then there's a ghost that if you talk to it says something about, like, taking the plunge and uh, do something about, like, learning and remembrance or something. So it's basically like, hey, learn it if you don't know it or remember it if you've done our games before is kind of what they're hinting at, just in a nice oblique from soft way. So me, I was just like looked around really quick, didn't see the ledge that I could go. I was like, I'm a dive. I jump off there. I don't know what you're talking about. I'll keep going. Assuming you're just going to walk straight through into a tutorial zone. It's like, no, you go, you find like a checkpoint, go up an elevator and you're out in the open world. It's like, where's the tutorial part? 
<laughs> yeah. No, that's totally. Then when so I found out, I went back and it's like, oh, hey, I'll do this just because any like pop up box that comes up in the game will go in your inventory so you can reference it later. So I wanted to make sure they were all in there. Yeah. That little part where you drop, um, there was like a, actually like a little ledge, but it's like it's so out of like no matter how you rotate the camera it's so out of the yeah. way so it's hard to see so initially i just dropped and i lost half my health already i was like good all right off to a well, good start <laughs> it's not even like that uh it's that small it's just that it's so dark because it's a cave and you don't have like any yeah, torches probably. or anything at that point when you start I mean, it's made so that if you jump to the bottom you're not leaving even losing half your health it's maybe a third and then there's a checkpoint right there it's to, to kind of i think teach you like you can drop about this far before you get hurt yeah. And if you've played our games before, it's longer than you expect, mm. which is nice to know. And then you go through, like, here's how you lock on with your camera. Here's how you two-hand weapons and all this stuff. They're like, oh, hey, that's nice, because the thing I was trying to do by uh, muscle memory was not working. Because <laughs> <laughs> in previous games, it's just like, hit the Y button or whatever, and you'll two-hand it. Yeah. Nah, you have to hit Y and hit a button to pick which one you want to two-hand, which may even... I don't remember. It's been long enough since I've done Dark Souls 3. They might have done that system there. I don't remember. But yeah, it does have a very good uh, moment once you get past the tutorial and you go out to the open road. It's like slow, push open the door, and they're like, look at all this beautiful, crazy landscape. Whoa! <laughs> it does that very well. Uh, I would say, since I've played... Pretty much all of the FromSoft games. Yeah, I've played everyone since Demon Souls. At now, at this point, since I finished Bloodborne earlier last year, it was the only one I hadn't done. Uh, it's very much like pulling from a lot of their games, mostly Dark Souls. But then there's still stuff like, hey, Sekiro had a jump button. Let's put a jump button in this game. Mm-hmm. Or there's like little dungeon catacomb things you can find. It's like, hey, this is almost exactly like what they did with the chalice dungeons in Bloodborne, except instead of, you know, going to a tombstone and beaming in, they're just, you know, in a cave somewhere that you found. But they, but when you find more than one of them, you're like, oh, hey, some of these are similar room pieces that they put together, and then they just do different layouts and, you know, find similar enemies in them. And it's like, oh, this is kind of like what they did with the chalice dungeons. A little mini boss thing, but yeah, like most of it is Dark Souls. The that they took kind of like the foundation of like, okay, here's how the combat and stuff works in Dark Souls, and then they added on to it some stuff like giving you the uh, mount named Torrent, which is a cool name, and uh, then like, okay, you have a mount. Let's do mounted combat. It's kind of simple, but it works pretty well. You can do a stronger light attack on either side of the horse. Mm -hmm. That's not a horse, but it looks kind of like a horse with horns. I'm not sure if it's just supposed to be a fantasy animal or if it's a real animal it's supposed to be. Uh, then they added kind of like a spirit summons where it's kind of the stuff they showed off before where like in single player you can like ring a bell and it summons these blue kind of spirits to help you out. And you can do that in certain areas. That's kind of new. They also have some extra stuff in weapon customization that you can do in this game that you couldn't before. And it's made so you can like really, really tailor your weapon and have have the skill that you want and all this stuff. Whereas in previous games, it's pretty much locked to like, hey, you found this thing, it has this stuff on it, that's what you get. So you have options to kind of like tweak it now, which is really cool. With the uh, the the Ashes of War, I believe is what it's called. You can uh, once you find those, you can put them on weapons or shields. Uh, things like that to where it's like oh hey here's the skill that you use so the like 
a regular shield might have just like a parry skill, but then you find other things you can put something else on it, like a storm stomp or whatever that you find yeah. <laughs> pretty early on. So there's like all sorts of weird abilities. Uh, so it's like there's a lot more things in this game that will use kind of the FP or the the kind of like mana points, if you will, the blue bar, <clears throat> than in previous games. Because like some the skill stuff they had. Uh, they called it with a different name, but they had that in like Dark Souls Three and stuff before. They've just kind of expanded upon it for this game. So even if you're not doing like, hey, I'm a sorcerer, magic wielder, I'm, you'll still have things that'll be worthwhile to use. You know, have that meter not be bare minimum for, because you'll be like, oh, I want to use this cool like ability that this weapon has now, because it'll like, I don't know, do all sorts of weird stuff like. Man, there's so many. Like, I have one that I've equipped on my sword now that has, like, magic uh, swords flooding above my head that whenever I get in range of an enemy, they only, like, shoot at them like projectiles. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and that's, like, a fairly minor one. There's, I've picked up so many at this point. You can get them from a bunch of different places. There's, like, a vendor that you can buy them from. You can find them in, like, treasure chests and all sorts of stuff. I think they really want you to be like, here, have a bunch of these. Find the ones you like so you can use it. Instead of just sitting in your inventory. Yeah. It seems like there's a huge, like, sort of flexible, um, like, combat system here that is just kind of tailored to however people would like to play with all these different abilities and whatnot. Because um, I've seen so many different ways people have been playing their different classes and things like that and just things i i personally wouldn't expect i mean i have no history with these you know from, from software games but like just you know but taking everything at face value this one just seems so like huge just by comparison yeah to the rest of it. they have upped the flashiness factor a lot with that as well just have so many more options of like flashy cool things you can do whether it's casting a spell specifically or you know the skills that you have on a weapon or whatever there's a lot of just neat, cool things that you can do in this game. And they had plenty of that in some of the previous games. They're just like, it's another example of how huge this game is. That, like, in almost every area, just the scope of it is just like, hey, lots more stuff. And you have all the options. Do the stuff that you want. We're here for you. It's going to be hard regardless of which one, because we're a FromSoft game, but tackle it the way you feel most comfortable. Seems to be kind of a thing like here you go you have options try some of them and find out what works for you yeah i mean like i i i never even got out of the starting area yet hardly i mean i've just and i've only played it maybe four hours i've just dinked around you know when you right and we talked about it online where you right where you go into that cave you know right where you go into that uh, into that I don't know if it's a cave or I've, I rode through there anyway, which where the archers were at and everything. And it was like, yeah, it's an archway. Yeah. yeah. An archway. That's, that's the word I was trying to think of an archway. Yeah. And I just walked around there and kept killing those guys would rest then go kill those guys and then rest. And then they'd come back. So I just kept killing them and killing them and killing yeah. them. It's like, well, let me get a couple levels. And then I go into that archway and the archers are shooting at me. I'm like, oh, that's weird. I better get on my horse. Oh, my God, here comes a monster. <laughs> it's like, a, run, run, <laughs> yeah, run. Because you didn't look up. Yeah. If you do look up, you can see the giant that's, like, sitting on, like, a like stone cliff thingy or whatever up yeah. high. And then it'll leap down once you make it so far in. Yep. Yeah. I didn't yeah. look up. So then I got on my horse and I just rode all the way through it, got to the next... Uh, 
the campfire and went, all right, I'm stopping right here for a little while. So. so here's a good tip for this game is looking up and looking down will serve you well because there's so much verticality in the level design of just like, here's a little thing. If you look down, you can drop down the, off of the edge of this cliff to this thing and then go and walk in a cave or find an alternate path somewhere. Or, hey, here's this thing above you. You can see it before it leaps down on you. But Yeah. Just like the the map itself is so big just like wide wise by looking at the map and like okay i see how long it takes me to go from like this little bit here to that over there from this area i'm familiar with and then like once you unlock more of the map and see how big it actually is that's huge but then also the verticality of it just like when you start out and you look up and see where the storm castle is like that looks pretty high and then like you get closer to it like oh wow that is very tall and just that area itself once you do get in there and you beat the boss that's kind of in front of the main kind of like door and you go into the castle itself and you're trying to get to kind of the boss that's at the end of that level there's so many like secret nooks and crannies and like pathways and like hey you can jump off here and climb around the rooftops and get to this other thing it's just that one area is so intricate and big even compared to some of like their older stuff that's just like wow there's so much here it's nuts well, and that was There's like, also a lot of areas that have a lot more enemies than they've had in past games, too. Yeah. Well, it was like that place where I was just dinking around at for a couple hours. It was like, it was weird because I was like, you know, I'd, I'd walk by it three or four times and I'm like, oh, look, there's a little dungeon thing down here. I didn't even know that was here. And there's a chest hiding down there. It's like, I walked right by that seven times and didn't even realize it was there. You know, I was too busy concentrating on here come the guards with the dogs. Let me knock him down. Let me, and it was like, I didn't even pay any attention to that. It was like, you know, or the wagons, both the wagons had chests in them. Didn't even pay any attention to that. You know, it was like, I really need to look around. (laughs) Yes. It will reward someone who takes time to look for sure. What are you going to say? What are you saying, Dennis? Dennis? Oh, I was just saying there's a lot of clever design into that world that I think is why there's a lot of reminiscence of games like Breath of the Wild where it's like, you know, it's just there's a reward almost in every corner, you know. Yes. um, It just constantly keeps things engaging and exciting with something new to see. Always. Yeah. Even if the reward is like, haha, I've leveled up a couple times and I've got my steed now so I can go and kill these stupid bats yeah. that are hard to kill when I was on foot. Right. Well, that was like... Because <laughs> well, my character did not have like a bow or any ranged thing starting out. It was just a club. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well and I'm doing the, whatever it is, the art or the, uh, I call it the paladin type character. It's not, they call it the, I don't know. I can do a little bit of magic. I can do mostly hand to hand. I got the the yeah. the shield that I can deflect things with. I thought, well, that'll be easy because it's a hundred percent block most of the time. You know, if something comes flying at you, then it's usually not. But um, oh my gosh, I have okay. I'll, but, I'll get back to that. Go ahead. All right, but uh, <laughs> but um, so I thought, you know, I thought that might be a little easier. I don't want to say easier, but a little more comfortable class. It's a lot of I do a lot of sneaking around. It's like oh, I don't want to get a draw a bunch of stuff. But um, yeah. where was I going with? Oh, uh, that's when I found out if I went back to a, at the church at night, that's when I could talk to the girl again and get the phantom uh, wolves or whatever to help me out. Hmm? It's like, oh, that's great because I'll just send them in and tank whatever, and then I'll just walk up and start hacking away, you know. And it's it's worked out so far, but yeah. You know. They're like less tanks and more just like distracting aggro pullers. Yeah. Like, hey, look at these shiny things over there, and then I'll run up and hit you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's, 
and that's fine. I need that distraction for. <laughs> yeah, like the game when it starts out is like it does a thing where it's, uh, certain of the little sites of grace will have kind of like rays pointing you in a specific direction, and that also shows up on your map. So kind of when you first start, you get to the one that's right outside the door, and it's like, hey, go this way. And so it kind of, for the first little bit of the game, makes the most sense to do that for the first few because that's when it gives you some fundamental things. So the first one, you follow it, and you get to like this little area that has the <laughs> the Santa Claus merchant, who isn't Santa Claus but looks like it just because yeah. of his outfit. Because yeah. <laughs> it's got some weird fluffy uh, like uh, collar thing or something that from yeah, a distance know. looks like a pointy beard. <laughs> well, it was funny because that was like right before like I refunded it, and I, I just remember just seeing that being like, is that Santa? Yeah. That, yeah. What's he doing here? Oh so you go to him and uh, you can buy the crafting kit from him, which is very important to yep. you. And then if you from that one it points you off to the side and it gets to the ruins that you're talking about, John, and then if you get to that uh like site that's right before that archway, that's where the uh the level up waifu shows up. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> As the or at least portions of the uh from soft community likes to call them. But uh, it's like, oh, hey, now you can level up, and then here's your, you know, your steed that you can mount now mm-hmm. as well. And then you go back to the first place. That's when you get the thing you were talking about, to where you can summon the wolves and right. any of the other spirit things that you find. Eventually, you get the little bell you can ring. And it's kind of like once you have all of that stuff, you've pretty much got the fundamentals to start with, and then you can kind of run wherever. So. It's pointing you at the start of the game when you go out. There's like an NPC there that's like, hey, you should go up to that Stormvale castle and kill that dude up there because, you know, that's what you should be doing. Yeah. A little bit nicer, fancier way to do that. So it's like, hey, this is where you should be going for like the main mission stuff. But if you went straight there, there's no way you would be doing anything because I think... I finally beat that boss after playing part B because I was just getting distracted running around exploring everywhere after like 20 something hours before I went back there because I attempted it a couple times before I went back and actually beat him. Yeah. And And I think it was level maybe 30 at that point. I don't even remember for my character. It's like if you like ran there right away and you're like somehow made it in there at like maybe level 10 or something, you'd be getting stopped. You're not meant to actually go there. They want you to explore some and power up and level up and get more used to the game. See, I I like like that. Really, really, really good at it, but it's it's a really nice uh, thing to say, like, here's where you need to go when you want to progress, so you know where it is, and then, like, go wherever you want and find other things while you're at it. So you're never like, it's kind of like you know, with Breath of the Wild, like, hey, you can go up to Ganon's castle if you want, or you can yeah. go over and do these like other three big things, like go to the those little like areas and get more powerful. And other than that, explore and find stuff on your own. You know? <laughs> well, some like, well, like vague pointers for like here's how you go progress, kind of story things. Otherwise, you're on your own. Figure out, go around, have an adventure. It's all about the journey, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's and it's. I I enjoy the game. It's it gets frustrating every once in a while, you know, like that that first dude in that in those ruins that had the had the spear the big guy you know, he wasn't even a boss yep. he was a, it was just yep. oh my gosh i just wanted to pull my feet you know, oh, just well, make me I'll mad teaching you, know? you some very like subtly teaching you some of the structures of the game like hey here's kind of a enemy encampment thing and you don't want to just rush in there or hey that dude with the horn will blow it and everyone literally yeah. after you at once uh, you don't want that that, no. that way lies pain and then like 
Hey, you got all these normal guys running around that if you sneak up on them and stab them in the back and then hit them a couple times, they're down and they're not too bad one on one, but you get a couple of them that's a little harder. But you know, you can sneak around the edges, but hey, there's the big dude who has like the really big spear and shield and stuff. You have to learn to kind of like get up to him and fight him. It's kind of like teaching you a little bit about power levels and a little right. bit like how you want to do it. You know, and that'll be different per person because, you know, different people want to attack that in different ways. But it's mm-hmm. like saying you can't just like rush in like any other game and do whatever you want. It's pretty much you got to like think about what you're doing. Right. And I Even th- if you've played their games before. I think that's what a lot of people have a problem with on this game. Everybody's crying, oh, it needs an easy mode, an easy mode, an easy mode. It's like, no, it's just you need to adjust the way you play this game. It's not, yeah. it's not a rush in and... It's, Those games are it's not a Call of Duty game. game. It's what I call it. I call any game where you rush in and you hack and slash or shoot, that's a Call of Duty game because you don't have to think much yeah. with Call of Duty. I just run in and shoot and I go on to the next level. Yeah, I feel like FromSoft games have always been much more methodical. Like yeah. To, to not all of them, but for sure. like It helps to take your time to observe what is going on and then go do it and be smart about it versus yeah. just like running in like a chicken with its head cut off be like Whoa, yeah. come get me that's not gonna work so like oh, there's a little bit of a learning curve with their games of like how you should play them and break some habits you might do in other games because otherwise you'll just get nowhere but also with the dark souls and this one in uh specifically or even like bloodborne that has like the levels that have the rpg mechanics is like you get more powerful with time so it's like tackle some stuff at your own pace kill some enemies get enough stuff to go level up a couple times and then come back and then like oh hey like i'm i'm both learning myself and also my character has a little bit better stats and a little bit better defense because i found this armor set over here and i found a better weapon so i'm you're doing better as you progress they're very front loaded with difficulty it's not that they get easier as you go but once you get past that first little hurdle with it where you can do like kind of the easy enemies at the beginning uh you know better then you can grind out some levels and like do kind of like that power progression over time and just kind of brute force your way through if you need to for a lot of it not everything but now when you start out it's very much about making you feel small in a big dangerous world right well (laughs) and and my one question is do the bosses always respond like everything else responds or do okay that's since I haven't fought Field a boss bosses, or killed it, I was... bosses in, you know, thing like just like any other kind of previous okay. from soft games, the bosses, once you kill them, they're gone. Yeah. And then there's even a few other kind of little enemies or something like that. They aren't technically bosses that'll do that, but most right. enemies do show back up when you yeah. do. But yeah. I just, so any I, little dungeon you go in, if there's a boss in there, you kill it. It's not going to come back. Okay. Yeah. See, I, 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 that's what I thought. You know, because if I remembered, that's the way it was. You yeah. know, with all the. Or for instance, ones. when you first come out the door, there's that golden dude on a horse that's got a giant halberd that is not meant to be fought right away. He's put there to be like, yo, this is hard. You shouldn't be tackling things and just running into it over and over and over again. You should go around it because it's a big open world. Right. So you can go around it and come yeah. back later. That's what that's kind of there to teach you, I think. Or at least that's what it feels like to me. I'm OP and I'm here for a reason. And the reason is to make you feel bad. That's yeah. <laughs> And make you think about and your And then choices. when you come back later and you kill them, you feel really good. Yeah, you exactly. Like, Suck it. You don't get to respawn anymore. You dead. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you hold that big grudge that you've had since literally the beginning of the game. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like it's very much a lot of uh fun 
like things also similar to like Breath of the Wild is just like pick a direction, go, you'll find some stuff and you'll have an adventure and like you'll have kind of like your little story of like, oh, this is what happened to me when I went and did, you know, went here and found this thing and then, oh no, this thing attacked me or, hey, I found this really cool ruins that had a cool treasure in it or whatever. So they have uh, the gameplay preview and I think it was in the trailer too, but like the dragon that you see, I fought that thing and it is epic as heck. Like the first time that I did it, and I died because it took me a few attempts, but it was like I got there kind of like late afternoon on the time scale, so it was like the sun was starting to set, and then like the dragon flies in. It's like, oh, here's epic battle music. Let's fight. I'm gonna fight you on horseback and running around, and you're in kind of like a really shallow lake area. Right. So all of this stuff was reflecting. The fire in this game looks amazing. It's really really good, and it reflects in the water and all this stuff. And this dragon's like going around like tail swiping at you, breathing fire, flying around, going landing in other areas. It's really, really cool. I died. I had to go back and do it a few times, but finally beat it. It's a really, really fun fight. Yeah, It's one of the most like epic things I've done in a FromSoft game, because it's it's an example of showing, like, okay, this game you can do, you could probably try doing it on foot, but if you're doing it on kind of like horseback, mm-hmm. it's a much bigger, wider zone that you're fighting this thing in than you've really fight right. bosses in these games before. Um, and you're playing it on Series X, right? I am. How's the frame rate for you? Have you noticed any? I mean, it's always going. It's it varies some, but there's not like anything terrible. So maybe it'll go into the 40s sometimes, yeah. but it's not like the PC or maybe I even PS5. I think was having some issues where certain areas, like I was watching a so couple of gameplays where it like was doing freezes. Yeah. Series X hasn't had any freezing. It's, I haven't seen it like, either. Oh, like certain area if there's like a, with a lot of stuff or something, it might you know go down for momentarily for like just frame rate won't be right. maxed out. But for the most part, it's good. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I've I've been in many places already. Yeah. Well, and, and I haven't been playing it on a 4K TV, so I've been playing it on the Series S, usually mm-hmm. running at 1080p. So I yeah. haven't seen. I haven't seen any either. Now I can't say you know behind me you know because I haven't booted it up on the Series X to see. Yeah, but no that TV freezes. has VRR anyway, so you know yeah. it's like mine does not. So I'll see them. So it's no yeah. freezes, but there's just a frame rate will slow down sometimes. But it's nothing like it's nothing terrible. So it's it's not like oh it's unplayable. It's yeah. not it hard freezes during a boss fight like I've seen in some clips. It's yeah. just like yeah no that would suck. Yeah, I haven't had anything like that. Yeah, Even yeah. including a couple of the ones that I saw, and I think they were playing in pre day one patch as well because they had early codes. So that could have had something yeah. to do with it too. Although some people are saying it was worse after day one patch. I don't know. All I know is that when I'm playing it, it's been fine. Yeah, I mean, it's been fine for me too. It's no worse than any other game that'll have like the frame rate slow down some. It's like it. Yeah, man, I'm. I've been it could that. be better. Sure, it could be a rock solid sixty the whole time, and I'm sure they'll probably update it and get it as close as they can to that. Yeah. But it's not ever getting close to thirty where it's like that slow. I've so seen, I've seen a lot of people fine. on on Twitter here this weekend buying the. LG C1 TV because it has VRR and stuff like that. And they're like, man, I got it for a deal. It's like, I paid $1,400. I'm like, yeah, I got an LG TV with VV- VRR too. And I paid like half that. <laughs> it's like, it's not an OLED, but I still like paid half that. Yeah, and and you, you have to be very, 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 very sensitive to that stuff. Yeah. To be going to where you're like, I need a new TV. Cause you don't, no. it'll work fine on what you got. 
But anyway. So, like, I've had all sorts of fun stuff. I hit the... I've hit two uh, trap chests in this game so far. They don't... I haven't found any mimics yet. I'm going to assume there will be a mimic at some point because it's a FromSoft game, right. so a treasure chest is going to bite my face. Yeah. <laughs> that was why I, I was... It yet, but I have done two trap chests, and they, they are very insidious. It's like, oh, we could just have this chest bite your face. Or we could have it teleport you to some completely other side of the map in an area you're not ready for. And yeah. you... I've seen some people show up in a red world, and it's just yep. like, oh, yep. what did what did they do? So <laughs> when you first start and walk out into the world, instead of going forward, if you kind of go around the building, you come out and go sort of backwards, so sort of go mm-hmm. more like south maybe southeast on the map there's a ruins there that if you get in and go to the bottom there's a trap chest and that it's so close to the beginning so a lot of people have been talking about it and that's the one that sends you into kind of like oh, the okay, red world yeah. and everyone's like oh it sent you to hell there's so many like articles i've seen in gaming sites well, that are talking about like trap chest sending elden ring players to hell like, yeah sure sure <laughs> well you know when the when the game first came out on the xbox the connection thing wasn't working uh the online component so I wasn't seeing the notes. I wasn't seeing the, you know, the other things. Well, when I finally found that chest that I didn't realize was in that area, was there was a note in front of it, and I'm and it's like, I was afraid. One, I was afraid to open up the chest because I was like, oh, there's a note in front of it. That might be a trap. Do I want to open it? Do I want to click on the note? <laughs> it's like, oh, you, you dragons or you demon soul games have. <laughs> See, it's I like, play I want, offline. Oh, I, don't... I hate messages in the Souls games. Or I don't usually pay games. much. I do not like them because they are ninety percent just like you know this game's version of it would be finger but hole. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> they're all like just trolling people they're just stupid messages and they're annoying seeing like especially in busy areas it's just like someone vomited messages all over the ground because yeah. there's so many of them I'm just like nah, i don't want to see that crap because they're never useful and it's just like taking away from how good this game looks by having little glowy things all over just yeah. Like, yeah i don't care or like the blood stains where you can see how someone died cool it's never really useful right. for me in previous games so i just turned that off and i i've never i, know, I haven't played it online i know Eric said in our chat that he's played it online with. You know, yeah, he said he's been doing some co-op in it, so yeah. we'll have to get his take on that when he comes back uh, yeah. next episode. I, I want to play some co-op with it, but I just I, I I don't have time. I mean, I just I don't. I barely have time to play it. So it's like me trying to sit down and go, "Hey, Nathaniel, let's sit down and try to play it." Some point. Yeah, I don't know when that's going to happen. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Yeah, I have never done co-op in the Souls games, just because, I don't know, it's not something that really appeals to me. Plus, the, like, the previous games, they're they were a lot weird more awkward. They? Yeah. Like, this one still has a bit of that weirdness, but it's a lot more straightforward, mm-hmm. just from looking at all the options and stuff there. It's like, okay, it's a little bit more uh, doable this time for yeah. figuring out what the heck you're supposed to do. Right, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the fun thing about the trap chest and putting teleporting you across the map is, is like it'll it's expanding your map early on if you happen to go there because like right. when it starts out, your map is very small, like it still feels big, but it's like oh, is this how big this is? And then like it teleports you over here, and you can't see the details because you haven't gotten like the map fragment yet. But like oh, this is way far from where I started at, and then like. That's off to kind of like the east of the map. And then a different one that I got put me on what I'm assuming is the top of the map that's very far away from the starting area, like by even further. So you're just like, this map is huge. Yeah. Also, it's not the only map. Right. What? 
there's an underground system that has its own separate map that once you discover it, you can toggle between the two maps. And oh, no. it's, I haven't gone like that far into it, but what I've revealed is still like a pretty, it's at least half the size of the starting area, which is pretty big. And I know there's more of it. So I'm not sure how extensive it is, but it's enough they thought it needs its own map. <laughs> <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> and I wouldn't be surprised if there's some other map somewhere like, okay, that's like the underground. Like what if we have like the sky city or something? Because all the ruins that you see lying around, the like, they, they fell from the sky. Right. That's the lore behind it. Like, hey, this fell from a city in the sky or something like, okay, well, we'll probably go there. <laughs> then you want Piecing all these it. things for all these different yes. item descriptions that you got kind of like, oh, hey, this is probably a thing that's going to be in the game at some point if you can find it. Yeah. And you realize it's, it all leads to Bioshock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whoa, holy crap. Uh, What's this songbird doing here? Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> No, I have found some references and stuff already. So there's like, uh, in part of the game, there's an NPC they found that's named the same as one from Dark Souls 3. And talking about another, like the castle or something is also related sort of to something in Dark Souls 3. And it could just be they're keeping the names the same just to be fun. Or maybe it has more direct connection. Who knows? Because I found another one on accident, which was hilarious. (laughs) I've only seen it for like two seconds. Uh, because I found it by falling off of the Stormfell Castle when I was trying to jump up onto a ledge of a roof so that I could go walk around a thing, and I missed, like, like the physics or something was weird, and it caught on, like, the little pile I was getting on to get the height, uh-huh. and I went over the wall instead, plummeted down, past the whole wall of the castle, down, like, another length of cliff face that's at least as tall as that castle, probably taller, and then hit the ground and died, and my camera happened to be pointing the right way to see this thing that's like, oh, hey, that's an enemy from Dark Souls. Like, at least two of the Dark Souls games? That's weird. Uh I wish I could stay on this death screen longer so I could look at it. Oh, well, (laughs) I'll find the real way to get there later. <laughs> but by that purely by accident, it's like, oh hey, I found out there's stuff below the castle, way below. Somehow, I have no idea how to get there, but um, I know there's something there, so I will find it. Yeah, we'll figure it out one day. Uh, Did you do like a screen cap of it? Uh, were you able to or no? No, I didn't. I wasn't thinking about that. It's just like yeah. I don't have that reflex of like hit that you know, screenshot button. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just not a thing I do often enough to be like, oh, I'll just hit it. Go, go, go. Yeah, I don't no, have that's that muscle my, memory. Yeah, that's, <laughs> uh, see, that's, that's my immediate reaction when something like that happens. It's like, <laughs> I, need to, I think we just found something. Yeah. Like, record it for the history books. Plus, yeah. it's also what it was is just like, it's enough of like a secret and enough of like a spoiler to it that like I wouldn't want to just like plop that out on Twitter or something. Be like, hey, look oh, what I found. Yeah. Like, I'm not yeah. like all the people who are going to just do that. Like, hey, yeah. I'm going to spoil this whole game. I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But yeah, there's like, oh man, there's so much cool stuff in that game. Uh, like my character started out as the the wretch, so I had nothing. I was just a naked person going out into the sunlight and having monsters, you know, stab me in the face. And yeah. Guards stab me in the face, and that stupid horse guy shot me in the face with his halberd. <laughs> then I like, then I progressed and I found some clothes. I found like a weapon that wasn't a stupid wooden club, and then like now I've progressed to where I've kind of got. A heavy weapon, so I've got a great sword, and then I have bits of magic that are basically self-buffs. So I could turn, like, I can add like magic damage to my sword, or holy damage to my sword, or I can do a few other things that are kind of like casting things. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I've been playing. 
And I need to find some better armor because I still have some, like, relatively starter armor. And I don't, I think this is like the Dark Souls games. And unless there's some hidden mechanic I haven't found yet, I don't think you can upgrade armor. It's just you got to find a better set. Mm. So I want one that's better, both that I can wear and it looks good because it's still kind of a little tattered, man. Yeah. I found one that looks really awesome. It just doesn't have much protection because, of course, it doesn't. It's a, like, barbarian type thing. So it's just like you have, like, a shoulder pauldron and some, like, kind of like waistcoat thing and like bare torso for the most part so of course it's not the same as plate armor and you're not gonna have good stats on that but it right. looks cool <laughs> <laughs> like maybe later if i find like there might be a secret thing that lets you change armor into something else so like have an armor set and then change its look maybe they have that in there i don't know i have mm-hmm. found a thing that lets you modify armor i just don't have any armor sets that it works for I looked it up. Apparently, it's mostly like removing or adding a cape or something mm. for certain armor sets. But and maybe I get more options later if I find more stuff. But yeah, it's just like a random cave is like a tailoring kit. All right, sure, I'll take that. Can I? I don't have anything I can use it on yet. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> but it's very much a game where you're like, okay, here's this thing I want to go do. I want to go see what that thing is over there. Oh, wait, I get distracted by this and distracted by that along the way. And like, oh, here's this cave. Let me go follow this. Oh, it's not a small cave. It goes around and snakes all the way down, you know, and you end up coming out on this cliff face. And when you were at the top of it to start with, you're like, how did I get down here? Holy crap. (laughs) How do I get back without having to go through the whole cave again? Who knows? Oh, I'll just teleport because I can. (laughs) Because as long as you're not in combat, you can teleport to any of the kind of like bonfire things. Or if you're in a dungeon, you can't either. Yeah. I like it. It's 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 super fun. It's also very pretty. There's some areas mm. in there that are at least as good looking and maybe better than the Demon Souls PS5. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It looks really, really especially good. considering just the giant scope of it. The man that they managed to get it to look as good as it does is just like it's just there's some jaw dropping kind of like vistas and really cool just areas that are like so much detail in these like rooms and stuff and there's yeah, because. Like, all the character models, too, have a lot of really fun detail, too. Yeah, because the bit that I played, um, you know, and I know I know it's the same case with John, where it's like, you know, we're both playing on a Series S at the moment. And, uh, I mean, it looks great, yeah. even on the it Series does. S, you know. Yeah, so, really does. yeah, there's very little compromise, honestly. And I was looking at a comparison video, and honestly, like, Series S and Series X are pretty on par, other than, like, you know, obvious, the obvious bump in resolution. But otherwise, in terms of, like, what the environment is filled with i mean you know you might see you know maybe some a couple more shadows on this series x but otherwise it's pretty comparable like it's pretty on board with each other oh man uh, the lighting in this game is so good <laughs> like if you haven't played that much of it you wouldn't have noticed some of the stuff but there's like some fun times when i've been like walking along the kind of like a cliff face or you know on like an elevated platform somewhere and like the sun's right in the right spot in the sky to be like casting a shadow down across somewhere it's really cool there's also a really good atmosphere in places to where there's like there's a storm raging kind of like on the top of the hill so everything's like windy and hey they actually make the trees bend like most video games do not do Mm. like that was one of the things about witcher 3 that i like when the storm was going them trees are moving a lot that's not just like yeah kind of wiggling like no they move quite a bit and it's like the branches you know (laughs) That plus just kind of like the fog that they've got and the rain particles and the like the sound design all together like makes it just sucks you in and you're just like you feel like you're there. It's really good. It's really nice when you have just kind of like an afternoon shower too because there's like still fairly light and it's just a light rain. Like there's some decent different weather effects. 
Then there's the area of the map that's red and blighted, and that's just... Ugh, you don't want to go there. <laughs> it's just gross. Partly, and they also do a really fun thing where kind of like each biome has its own kind of different ambient music to it. So the opening area is different. And it's not, it's not even playing all the time. But that one area that's like every, all the players that get teleported to and don't like is part of it is they have this really creepy, eerie music that just gets under your skin kind of for the default kind of just ambient music in that area. And so you're just always on the edge of your seat. Just like even if you're just not going anywhere and you know it's safe, it feels unsafe just because of what they're doing with the sound design. It's really cool. Yeah. I, it also has creepy zombies, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, a different kind of creepy zombies, because there's lots of things that could qualify as a creepy zombie in this game, because it's a FromSoft game. So half the things are zombies. <laughs> yeah. Even some of the NPCs you have to talk to, they kind of look like a zombie. Like, hey, you don't have any eyes in your face. You're creepy. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like there's guards. Uh, first I thought, oh, yeah, these guys are just guys. And then I realized, ugh. They're not guys. They're some kind of weird things. I don't even know. That's uh, a FromSoft game. Yeah, There's like some weird, kind of weird thing. Yeah, the weird thing. I don't even know if I'd call them a, a zombie or what I would. They're just a weird thing. It's like, uh, now I really The weird mean. thing about this game, so far at least, is all stuff about, like, the lore has a lot of stuff about the two fingers. Yeah. And things that has to do. So there's like, I don't know if that's what George R. R. Martin uh, brought to the table of like, hey, you should say fingers a lot and have stuff about like, hey, that boss has like 15 arms attached to their shoulders. Because yeah. <laughs> like, this does not feel anything like George R. R. Martin stuff at all in it. So I'd be curious to know how much of kind of like the overall like lore or world building or whatever he contributed to. Because it just feels like a FromSoft game. It feels yeah. like this is something they could have come up with on their own. So well, from what I read, who knows how much he actually did. I right. Know. I don't think he, it didn't seem like he did much from what I read um, recently. Cause it seems like Miyazaki limited him to literally just the story. So everything else was from soft. He, he basically was just like, are you take care of the story? And the reason why he did that was because he didn't want him to just randomly come up with something gameplay wise that would have to change all the mechanics of everything. Yeah. So he just limited. I wouldn't even be surprised if he didn't even do that much of the story either. I don't know. Cause it's like, they're not the way they do their games. Their story is different than say like a horizon game where it's very yeah. much like here, we're telling a narrative story and here's the cutscene and the yada, yada. Yeah, like, it doesn't really do that in theirs. Yeah. It's a lot more of like, revealing some stuff as you go and here's a bunch of lore that you find through you know this npc says this thing and this like item description says that and you're like learning about the world a lot of the storytelling or you'll go into a place and there's some environmental storytelling of like hey what happened here piece it together that kind of stuff they have a lot less of the here we're telling you exactly what is happening kind of thing the most that they ever did that was in Sekiro. That's a lot more straightforward. And even that one is a lot more oblique than a lot of uh, kind of mainstream games are. So yeah. it definitely feels just like FromSoft's style of storytelling. It doesn't have... Like, if you'd never heard that George R. R. Martin was involved, there's no way you would ever guess. Because right. I would tell you that, and you'd be like, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that'd be kind of the reaction. Like, wait, what? <laughs> They really sold it like that, though. I mean, you know, it was like... Well, I mean, it's probably partly like, we'll get you involved and then we can put your name on it. And then he was probably like, okay, that's something that maybe I can get some brownie points. Like, oh, he did a cool thing with that game that people liked or, that everybody yeah. wants, yeah. You know, or before it came out, that game that everybody wants to play. You know, who knows? Yeah. But it's not like, oh, this feels like Game of Thrones or this feels like anything that he right. has written. It doesn't feel anything like it at all. No. Oh. The- <laughs> 
It's definitely a FromSoft game <laughs> because there are multiple poison swamps in it. Because it's so big, you can have more than one. Ugh. Although some of them, uh, if you're riding through it, it's not going to poison you if you're on your steed. If you walk in it yourself, you'll get poisoned. So that at least is okay if you're in a big open area where you can use it. But That's nice. if you're in an underground cave, you can't ride your horse in there. And no. So you're just going to have to get around or past or just trudge through that poison. And it's like, ugh. At least it's Dark Souls poison. Dark Souls like one style poison where you get your meter fills up and then once you get poisoned, it's a slow burn for regular poison. You know, if it's fast, it would suck. Yeah. <laughs> I've had that. I think Dark Souls 2 was a lot faster if I remember right. It's been a while since I've played that one. Yeah. So it's like, you can, if you get poisoned in there, you got time to kind of like try and escape and get around and heal a couple times and then like save yourself, but. It still sucks because you got that hissing noise like, ugh, go away, Poison, I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's all sorts of cool enemies in that game. I fought, I've even fought Flowers, you know. Yeah. There's all, so you've got some stuff, kind of like those guards at the beginning, you feel like, oh, hey, these are like hollows from Dark Souls or other of their like, humanoid enemies. And then there's stuff that's not like uh, enemies they've had before, which is cool. That's a nice mix. And there's a lot of variety that I've found, too. I'm just like, hey, here's wolves, here's a bear, here's a giant bear, here's, you know, a wolf man, here, you know, <laughs> all sorts of stupid things. There's a, there's an NPC in the middle of the woods somewhere that there's a ruins, that there's a wall that's like, seems like it's about 30 or 40 feet high, that if you go there at night, there's a dude up there who's literally howling, and it's not like an animal howl, it's at least someone going, oh! But if you look if you look up there with you, like your telescope, you can tell he's got kind of like a wolf uh, like pelt something on you can't really get a good angle on. I was like, I gotta figure out how to get that guy to come down because the only way you know he's really there is if you just happen to be looking up or if you like hear that howling. Like, where's that coming from? That doesn't sound like an actual wolf in this game. So it's like, just got to do something there. I just haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> the mystery still. <laughs> and that, I, and that's part of what's fun about these games. It's all the mystery of like, hey, what's this weird thing that I found? Can I do anything more? Is you know how to get this NPC to do this or you know whatever? Yeah. There's all sorts of that just kind of mystery everywhere in the from soft games. It's right. I really like. They're just cool like worlds to like live in for a while, even though they can be pretty grim dark. This one has a lot of variety to it, and you can always run away if you're out in the open world. If yeah. you have to. And that's what's so nice. it makes. I think away. that makes it more approachable for just people who haven't played it in the sense that you can run away. Whereas in previous ones, you can kind of run away, but you still have like one or two paths really that you have to go down in order right. to progress. Whereas this one's like, oh, hey, I went here. I'm not ready for that area. Those enemies were too tough. Let me go to the complete other side of this even opening area that's pretty big and go find some other stuff. There's so much stuff that you can find and do that you will actually be ready for. That like, yeah, you can. You might not be able to get past like the main bosses if you can't, you know, improve past that. But there'd still be a lot of stuff you could do. You know, yeah. if you never went to that first castle to go fight that boss, there's still a ton of stuff that you could do in this game. Because, like I said, I spent like 20 hours before I even beat them. So it's just like, yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot to this game. It is a huge scope, and the fact that it runs as well as it does. I would after playing it, I'd be surprised if it didn't have kind of like the frame rate issues in quotes and stuff that they've yeah. had to it. It's like, and even with that, it's kind of relatively minor. Like, 
I would expect something this big to have way more bugs in it than it actually does, which is nice. It has some, you know, here or there, but not to the same extent that you see even in some other open world games. Right. So. Yeah. yeah, it's fairly polished, all things considered. Yeah, they're already right. starting in a really good place. This is not anywhere like, say, Cyberpunk when it came out. It was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, broken yeah. in a lot of places. Oh, like, oh, even God, on no. PC, where I played it and I enjoyed it, it still had plenty of bugs and issues to it. This is way, way better than that. So it's like, it's got a few minor things. Still very playable, and I'm sure they'll keep patching it, and it'll be you know, yeah, in a few months or whatever, and maybe not even that long. It'll just be like, oh wait, what? There was some frame issues. This runs perfectly now. You know, who knows? Yeah, we'll find yeah. out. I will be playing the heck out of this game, and I will. This will be the FromSoft game I put the most hours into, just because it's so much bigger than any of their other games. And that's yeah. like I think the one before this, like Dark Souls one, I put the most into, and I put like seventy or eighty hours into it. That's a one playthrough. You get all the people who play game, play the games over and over, and they've put way more in than I've ever put into them. But even just one playthrough of Elden Ring, I think it's going to be super long. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a huge, huge game. Yeah, it is. So yeah, it's pretty much you know what I've been playing and what I will be playing yeah. <laughs> in the near future. <laughs> All right, Dennis. Well, you've got quite the list. You've been playing quite a bit of stuff. So some of yeah, it you played yeah. before, but you know. Yeah. So some of it, yeah. So I won't spend too long on those. And uh, but uh, you know, since I've kind of like spent more time with them, I wanted to touch up on them a little bit more. Um, but one of them being uh, Pokemon Legends uh, Arceus, where uh, I have last time I did not, but now I have completed the game, and uh, I'm now pretty much sitting at pretty close to 200 hours now um on the game so it's it's a lot of time spent in that game yeah um but man what a what a great game honestly like this is like you know i I mean i i spent so long talking about it last time but um you know once everything once you get the true ending and stuff because you get one ending right where the when the initial credits roll that's when you catch dialga and palkia right and which are were the legendaries for diamond and pearl for those who don't know and uh but you don't actually meet arceus until the very very end now for people who don't know the lore for pokemon um he is essentially the creator right he is god basically he's the god of pokemon so um and wait, wait do you do you beat God and put him in a Pokeball? Is that what happens? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's that's why like, you know, I remember taking photos of it and just like having the caption from Captain Phillips and I was like, hey, look at me. I'm the creator now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's But yeah, no, you put him in this little Pokeball. But it's a cool ball though. It's called the Origin Ball and it looks it looks really neat. And um, you only ever use it just for him. Um, which kind of like it, it's a it's an insane boss fight. And I, I use the word the term boss fight because that is exactly what it was. Because you know, for those um, that might not know much about how Arceus plays, obviously it's very different from a traditional uh, mainline Pokemon game. Now this one um, it puts a lot more emphasis on the trainer than it does the Pokemon themselves. So you know, you do battle these Pokemon, you know by yourself even if you don't have any pokemon you can use things like um just these these like types of food that you throw at them and then these globs that you can throw at them as well to stun them and just decrease their health and that's essentially what you're going to be doing and dodging out of the way from their attacks and whatnot getting behind them to throw a pokeball because then if you get a you know if you shoot a pokeball um you know 
behind them in their back and it makes this big explosion that's how you know you got uh what they call a back shot and then with that it increases your chance of catching them as well and uh, if you use that to initiate a pokemon battle what it does is it stuns them so they start to become you know as the, as the game likes to put it unawares you know because not just unaware but unawares <laughs> so um but yeah, and then they get stunned for a little bit, and then you're at a big disadvantage. Kind of their way of doing sort of a preemptive strike, um, like you wouldn't see in like that you would see in like Final Fantasy and stuff like that. And so, but with each of the noble Pokemon, these are the much bigger sort of regional Pokemon that sort of test your strength leading up to that point. So the boss for each particular area, and. With each of those, you have these boss fights where, you know, they will attack you. They have these boss-like patterns that you would see in stuff like Devil May Cry or or just well, anything with bosses, even Elden because we were on the topic of that, stuff right. like that. So, you know, you kind of get used to their patterns and, you know, you kind of read them a little bit. You kind of understand their animation, know when they're going to swing, and then you dodge out of the way, you know, throw um, a couple things at them to decrease their health um, until you can bring out a Pokemon. Um, if you want to, you can keep throwing stuff at them, but you can bring out a Pokemon to help decrease their health a little bit more. But uh, by the end of it, you will have to manually, you know, bring their health down before you uh, uh, catch them. And it's it's an insane. If they, a lot of the time, they do feel like genuine boss fights that you would see in any other game. Um, and uh, they're actually really well done. And the one with Arceus was awesome. Uh, now it was really, really hard though, because like the other ones can get sort of formulaic and they feel um, you know, some of them might be tough the first time around, but once you've beaten it the first time, it becomes a piece of cake after that. But with the one with Arceus, like, we died a lot. Like, there was a lot of deaths. Like, he was doing a lot of crazy things, you know, zipping and zapping all over the place and doing these huge, like, AoE attacks that were very hard to run from. And, uh, and yeah, and in this game, like, there's no way to heal yourself. Like, there is the ability to heal Pokemon with, like, a potion and stuff like that, right? You can't just put on a Band-Aid or, you know, inject yourself with some epinephrine. You know, you can't, you can't do that. So <laughs> that's just not going to happen. You just have to deal with that. And then, you know, if you dodge a little bit, now eventually you do heal yourself over time. Um, but you can't do any immediate uh, health boosts, uh, you know, like you would with with a Pokemon. So you just have to do your best to read his movements and, and you know, and dodge and run and stuff like that before you can hit him. And, and it, it very much felt funny enough, like like a Souls sort of approach to this boss fight where it's just like, okay, this, you can't just go in hacking and slashing. You can't just jump in. Let me wait to see what you do. Let me read and feed off of that. And then I will counteract, you know, from what I've learned from that initial sort of bout, you know, so almost like fencing, you know, you can't just, you can't just start stabbing away. You know, you gotta, you gotta wait a little bit. So read the opponent. So, and it felt a lot like that. And it just felt like really, really good. And that fight was awesome. Um, so, and if you do it again, like, because you can start redoing, after you beat the game, you can redo all the matches and whatnot, and uh, you do get, uh, you don't get experience from them, but you, they do um, reward you with some with uh, uh, some nice items that, that help a lot. And that can effectively give you experience, because a lot of the time what they do give you is, uh, like, experience, like, boosts and stuff like that, uh, candies, like, rare candies and things like that. So you can use that to, you know you know, uh, beef up your Pokemon a little bit more. Um, but yeah, the initial fight will not give you any experience. So you won't get 20,000 experience from, you know, beating Arceus again, like you did the first time around the second time around, instead he'll just drop a bunch of stuff, a couple of nuggets, which you can sell for, um, you know, a, a, a fair amount of cash. Um, and a couple of uh, uh, experience candies and things like that, rare candies as well, um, of varying sizes. So, but, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, 
it it was awesome, man. I mean, 200 hours. I mean, you know, if that doesn't, I, I wouldn't have put 200 hours in it if I didn't like it. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. so. Um, but it's 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 great. Now again, um, I, my biggest complaint will always come to the visuals. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, credit where credits due. It was a, a really really great game, and I can't recommend that game enough to people who are big fans of Pokemon. And honestly, even if you have no real history of Pokemon, this is a great jumping in point to really get you um, familiarized with all of the Pokemon that are available in this game, because there's only a, a little under 250 available. I think there's 242 in total. So, you know, you don't, you know, you don't have to worry about remembering all 900 plus right. <laughs> Pokemon that well, there are now at this point. And that leads into my question for you, since they announced this week that they're going to yeah. have another Pokemon game sometime this right. year, probably I'm guessing by Christmas. And it's, yeah, yeah and it's kind of the same, Looks like it's on the same engine, uh, but Correct. more of a, I guess you'd call it more of a mainline uh, Pokemon game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're actually two, isn't it? So yeah. That means it's a mainline game. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's, that's <laughs> yeah. what I was going to say. It's split in two. Yeah, so yeah. That, yeah. that means stuff I'm, like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, man, that's quick for, and my question is, is this one done by, Game Freak or not? <laughs> it is. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. No. They they let that be known right away. Yeah. You saw that Game Freak logo before you saw any footage, and um, that both, you know, that worried me a little bit. But honestly, I feel like what we got with Arceus was more of like an early access type thing. You know, it was something that they had as a concept, but there was enough there to just create a full game out of it. And then they were like, "All right, ship it." But really what they were using all their resources on was Scarlet and Violet, which are the names of the new uh, Pokemon games released in late 2022. So um, now that is definitely running on the Arceus engine. Like it looks very yeah. similar and it is going to be completely open world. There are not going to be any sort of like loading screens that you see in Arceus, which was kind of touted as an open world thing, but it really isn't because you just kind of go in, you have a little hub world, your village. And then when you go out, you kind of select which area you want to go to, and then you go into that area. And don't get me wrong, it's a big area. Like it's a very, very big sort of biome to play around in. Um, but but it's not open world. Like I can't seamlessly go from, you know, the area that looks like a sea up to the mountains that is just, that are just filled with snow and stuff like that. You know, I have to go back to the village and then talk to the guy again and tell him, okay, I want to go to this, the mountains and then I'll, I'll just spawn there, you know? So oh, it's kind not of like how some monster hunter games are like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that. So, um, and uh, but yeah no this one's completely a open world if we're reading the sort of descriptions correctly because they say a seamless open world with no borders it, that these these are their words so my assumption is you can go from town to town you know area to area without having to worry about some stupid you know loading screen or you know like a black screen you know what if it's like one screen that when you walk off the right you come back in on the left and that's just, <laughs> seamless no borders open world. <laughs> that's probably what it is no you're right you're right that's you're how right. we were able to get it done it's like it's yeah. just it's one screen it's fine yeah. <laughs> everything we saw you in the trailer that is the world it's not that big honestly it's not that big like it's, it's... i don't know it's just it just seems weird to me i mean i know they're they you know we're talking a possibility of three pokemon games within a year if you count the Diamond and Pearl remakes, yeah. and then oh, this oh, yeah. one, and now this one, it's uh, you know, it's like it's almost like Legends is going to be like the redheaded stepchild. I mean, that thing sold like 
six and a half million copies in two weeks. And it's like, so, I mean, I don't know. It just seems like that's going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to sell your big numbers now. And then everybody's going to go, well, I'm not going to buy that. I'm just going to wait until fall to buy. No, I think Scarlet and Violet will sell a very, very healthy amount. Um, I think the, one of the reasons why Diamond and Pearl didn't sell anywhere near as much as say, uh, Sword and Shield did, um, even though, well, I mean, really there's only a 3 million difference, but, um, but I think it'll definitely sell more than Sword and Shield, and it'll definitely sell more than Diamond and Pearl. Well, it's it's not that one. Those the I'm talking Legends. Uh, you know that oh. one being sandwiched in between. You know, yeah, yeah. is that going to hurt your? You know, usually you have a good year between. You know, true, Pokemon true. games. Is this? You know, it just seems like it's. You know, less than a month out, and you've already announced the next two Pokemon games coming out saying... at the end of the year. You know, it's like to me, I would if I was going to buy a Pokemon game, I'd be like, well, I'm just going to wait till the mainline Pokemon game. I'm not going to buy Legends. You know, why would I buy yeah. Legends? You know, it's... Well, maybe that's why they, you know, they released Legends first before even getting close to announcing it because we just got that announcement on the direct what last week, yeah. uh, a couple days, ago, something like that. So, um, so you know, otherwise we. I mean, it was expected. I mean, there's always a mainline game every yeah. couple of years, but um, but I think that's why. Because otherwise, I think you would have had those sort of conversations, right? Where it's just like, yeah, eh, I'll skip on Legends and I'll just wait for, you know, yeah. um, I'll just wait for the mainline ones. But no one knew a mainline one was coming. So. Well, no, no, and it's I don't know. It just seems like a weird a weird timing for it. It's like, oh, we sold seven million copies of this game in two weeks. Let's announce the next Pokemon game, and it's going to come out at the end of 2022. <laughs> Like, they haven't hit enough burnout with their audience just yet to not sell enough to make them spread it out more. Like, we want yeah. to get all that money, and we want to put it out as fast as we can to keep getting all that money, and well, they're still buying them, so yeah. we haven't completely grounded into the dirt yet. So, Well, and I would be curious maybe to Maybe this know, is the beginning of that. Maybe it's not. Who knows? I would be curious to know how many people actually are like Dennis and have like played it, you know, bled it already you know because i haven't i bought it and i've played a little bit of it but i don't have the time you know i don't have a lot of time i'm stretching myself you know thin with games but at the same time it's like a lot of times i buy pokemon games and go oh i have to buy that day one and then i set it on the shelf and i don't play it for six months you know because it's one of those games that i know that's never going to go on sale it's never going to go down in price it's always going to be sixty dollars or whatever yeah. the price of the game is you know it's but i buy it because it's like oh well i, I it's a pokemon game i have to buy it you know it's yeah, like yeah. <laughs> i don't know it's yeah. pokemon games are getting weird i mean it's and i don't mean weird as as in i don't mean a weird as, weird in as in, hey that's interesting because wow i wouldn't expect them to do that with pokemon now see yeah. that might get me to pay attention no no it's just it's just you know it's like it's like my gosh how many pokemon games are you going to release in a in a year this is crazy oh it's like triangle strategy i bought it the other day and i haven't even i barely took it out of the wrapper i don't know when i'm gonna play it and that's why that's why that's what i was worried about and that's why i didn't buy it on day one so instead what i'm doing for myself is i'm playing the prologue which i do have on the list which we'll get to yeah but i'm playing the prologue first because that's the first three chapters of the game which you know knowing how these games sort of function that's at least a couple hours so like you know let me at least do that you know see how i feel about it which i know i'm gonna enjoy it but like you know with everything that we're reviewing and everything that we're playing you know recreationally and stuff like that you know outside of you know whatever the next big thing that comes out is um you know it do i have enough time right now to warrant spending the 60 dollars 
to you know because you know because I don't want to play. It. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm not going to be able to binge it like right. I want. I think you know. So I, for now, let me just play the prologue. Once I beat that, however long that takes, I can kind of gauge because it's it's almost like I'm doing research on myself of like let me see how long it takes just to beat these three chapters, okay, and then from there maybe I can kind of guesstimate how long it would take me yeah. to beat the game, you know, if that's what I'm going for, you know, assuming, assuming it doesn't overstay its welcome, you know, but, um, right. but, but yeah, so I'm kind of doing this as almost like a, an experiment with myself just to kind of, yeah, kind of gauge, yeah. you know, what my playthrough is going to look like. Um, you know, it, you know, am I going to be consistent with it? Can I be consistent with right. it? You know, so on and so forth. So, this, um, this month, though, well, these past two weeks, three weeks, have been rough with games. Be crazy. You know, it's <laughs> been Horizon Zero Dawn and then poor Horizon Zero Dawn. It's like, you know, yeah, that game came out and then, you know, the first game came, uh, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn came out and, and then bam, here's Breath of the Wild and nobody's talking about Take Horizon. All and the then, conversation. Yeah, and then here, you know, Forbidden West comes out and then a week later, bam, Elden Ring. And it just sucks all the air out of the room again. Yeah. It's like... I mean, it'll still be fine, but... Oh, you know, yeah, but, I mean, it's just like, man... It's kind of funny. They can't, <laughs> they can't get two weeks of people talking about them because another big game comes out the very next <laughs> week. <laughs> Hopefully they have a PC version coming out sooner rather than later. That way they can kind of, like, you know... Yeah, that yeah, really. I don't know. It's... But, you know, it's like this... Yeah, and I wasn't going to buy Elden Ring, and then, I, then all of a sudden it was like I saw the reviews and went... Yeah, ten out of tens. Yeah, I kind of want to buy that game now because I was—I figured it was going to be. But it it like, deserves them. It's oh yeah, it, insane! That game is nuts. Just from the amount of like, hey, here's how much game we want to put into this game, and like achieving that, even that level, is just like, come on. Yeah. Then you know, <laughs> you're they, making everyone else look bad, guys. Yeah, and then you know, on Pokemon Day, they announced this new Pokemon. Like, oh my god, what are you doing? It's like. I understand, you know, that's well, your cash cow, lineup but... this year in general, too, is huge. So then, like, you throw that on top of it. And honestly, I think the reason why they're doing this is because, like, I, I honestly, at this point, like, this, it's, Breath, Breath of the Wild is going to get delayed. It's not coming out until 2023. Yeah. I, I don't see it coming out this year. This I, point, so. I don't either. I, I, they're not going to release it and that Pokemon game. No, they'll take their sweet time on that until it's ready, just like they did with the first Breath of the Wild. And, that's, and so, I am yeah. totally fine with that. I have no <laughs> Good. issues yeah. with that whatsoever <laughs> I, I i want it because that was the first game that i just sat down in in a long time and just didn't put down till i was done with it yeah yeah you know, and i put 125 hours in that game and it yeah. was it was finally like oh well you know i i guess i could finally go beat the bosses and beat the game you know yeah. I've, I've wandered I around and done everything Oh, really? My Breath of the Wild adventure will never end because I never went to the final <laughs> boss. I really? just wandered around everywhere on that map, spent like, I don't know, 80, 90 hours in that game and just didn't feel like I wanted needed to finish it. Yeah, it's like, for some reason, I don't know why. Uh, That's just kind of what I did. Well, that, I did the same thing, and then it was kind of like, oh, you know what? Maybe I better go just go ahead and finish that. Why not? That yeah. was me after a while because I think I spent maybe about closer to maybe yeah, 150, 200 hours on that thing. Maybe a little bit more, but like, yeah, after a while, I was just like, all right, you know what? Let me just let's just see what happens. Let me, let me go. Let me go for Ganon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, like now, if you told me, hey, if you beat Ganon, you get another hundred puzzle dungeons just magically appear, then I totally would have done it. So I could do <laughs> That's like the one of the fun things about that game that I really liked. Yeah. Had a lot of really cool puzzles in that game. Yeah. But yeah, the the, the Pokemon. 
and I yeah, need. I'm excited. For those things. It's like I need to log on to to, uh, to was it to Diamond and get the they had the special thing that was up to yep, the end of the month. You can get Shaman right now. Yep, Shaman up until pretty much yeah, like the first day, the first few days of April, April or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was, I was like, oh, I need to do that. Oh wait, it's only it's a month. I got time. <laughs> yeah, no, I did that right away just to get it out of the way. It's it's pretty easy. You just you know you get your mystery gifts, then you got to go through. Um, but well, hold on, let me let me ask you this. Well, actually, no. At the very least, yeah, just log in and get the letter because if you haven't beaten, the, you need to beat the game to get him. Yeah. And you haven't if you haven't beaten the game, that's fine. But at the very least, do get that mystery gift because that the mystery gift isn't going anywhere the moment you have it. Right. Then you'll get a letter. Um, but in order to get Shaman, you do have to beat the game first. So you get beat the Pokemon League, and then once you um, uh, get out of the Pokemon League, just go right back into that cave, go over to the right, and then you get into Route 244 or whatever it is, and then you get Shaman there. And you go down to the left at the 7-Eleven and turn right, and then... Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really sounded like you are giving driving directions there for a minute. You cross, you cross over the railroad tracks, and then you get up it, and you cross back over the railroad tracks the other yeah. direction, mm-hmm. and then yeah, you... Yeah. But if you went, if if you hit this, you if you hit this store, you've went too far. <laughs> so you got to come far, back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but if but if you landed in a river, you're going the right way. Yeah. <laughs> it's so totally satellite driving directions there. I couldn't help it. it like... <laughs> Be mindful though; you might hit a detour only because they are building a new McDonald's over there. Yeah, so yeah. They <laughs> got the road closed on the left, so you know. It's, it's right next <laughs> to the old McDonald's. It's weird. Yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> you think they just knock the one everything down but the wall and just build it around that but no they're yeah, just no, building a whole no, other one across the street yeah, yeah. i don't get it yeah. that's weird who's building this place it's game freak oh, okay, oh okay, yeah no. okay i understand <laughs> now <laughs> uh, what about the uh, stack of starbucks where there's six starbucks on top of each yeah. other it's really weird. <laughs> just just more and more starbucks <laughs> and you can't get in from one to the other you have to go like out and then back into the other there's like yeah. a weird stairway system on the outside kind of well, like a sports too, stadium but... or something it's not, it's not even just one whole Starbucks. It really is like six separate Starbucks yeah. just stacked on top of each other. Well, that's like Sheets in Pennsylvania. They've done that. It's like you, you're driving down the road to go to a Sheets store. We're going to go do something. And you'll look on the left and you'll see the old Sheets store sitting on the road, closed up, barricaded off. And a quarter mile down the road, they've just built a new Sheets. It's like... They didn't even remodel Why? or not. I don't know. It's like they didn't even build it on the property that they had it on. They went and bought new property down the street and just closed that one, and it's just an empty building. It's like, what the crap? And you know it was the sheets because you can tell by the way it looks. It's like, why did they do yeah. that? Why did they just build right on there? But I don't know. It's called too much money. <laughs> like... Maybe. But anyway, we were talking about Pokemon. Whoo, boy, that was took a turn. <laughs> were we? <laughs> I forgot. That yeah. was so long ago. <laughs> so when we got on the topic of sheets, well, they look yeah. like Pokemon centers. Yeah, yeah they kind of do. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. Some of those older ones do. Yeah, yeah, the old ones really do. So. You can just use the touch screen to order your Pokemon. Mm. There. That's right. Yep. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, that's that's you know effectively what what's been happening with uh me and uh pokemon legends uh arcus so um but but yeah no it's been a great time and i think you know if you have even you know the the smallest sort of interest in pokemon it's without a doubt worth checking out it's, it's a great game i um, mean without a doubt one of the best games that they've done in years like a long long time so um but but yeah uh, but yeah, uh, adding to to that because uh, I talked about it uh, last episode as well. Um, I did finally download 
uh, Hitman. Uh, well, you have to. They force you to download the Hitman trilogy, but I played Hitman three because right. I've already played Hitman one and two right. just a stupid amount of times. So, um, but uh, I played Hitman three. I beat Hitman three, um, and uh, man, it was great. It was great. I mean, it it feels just like the other Hitman games. I mean, there's nothing really new that they did here. Uh, well, they've the, just kind of built it into a platform more than doing yeah. it as a full new game. I mean, it's a full new game, but it's still like, yeah, you know, it's it's Hitman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 Hitman. You kind of know what you're going into with this, uh, what they call the world of assassination this time around with this sort of reboot trilogy. And uh, it's, it's, I mean, it was great. It was great. But, you know, I still think Hitman 2 was probably the best one, um, even though Hitman 1 has the best levels, if that makes sense. But uh, Hitman 3 uh, was still in its own right fantastic um the level designs were on par you know with the other two and still unparalleled you know compared to a lot of other games just the amount of detail that's packed into these games uh and the depth have they ever done a willy wonka reference to go with the world of assassination because that would be hilarious I don't. I don't think they have. <laughs> Maybe they have. In a world of pure There's... imagination, it's a world of assassination. Song yeah, yeah. and dance number, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, like yeah. go down the murder tunnel while there's music going, it'll be great. Right to to top hat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's uh, it's great. Like right these... there, guys. Come on. Yeah, Next Hitman. Hitman we'll, Four we'll, needs that. We'll tweet. It. We'll tweet. We'll tweet at IO Interactive. <laughs> Let them know. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, it's it's more Hitman, but uh, that's not a bad thing because those games are great, and uh, it kind of brought the story to a close. Um, if you're paying attention to the story, honestly, there's so much going on with the overarching story, while simultaneously there's stories happening within each level, and there's always just you know you have the main stories that you need to be focused on uh, that involve your targets, but there's all these sort of side stories that you know you can't help but want to do just because there's so much interesting stuff happening at any given uh, point so uh and with the amount of npcs and i'm talking just so much i mean it's insane that these games can even run as well as they do because these games ran beautifully on series s like hitman 3 was constant constant 60 frames like it was Mm. fluid it was so fluid and i think on Series X, you can probably get 120. Honestly, yeah, so, I think like, it is. Uh, I think they do have 120 mode on it, if I remember it's right. It's crazy. Yeah, and like it's insane how well those games run with the amount of detail. Also, and the ray tracing. Oh my god, beautiful! The lighting was insane, and just uh, the way you know the these levels are structured, and like what a great opening level that Dubai level was because it kind of really um, got to show you like the multi-layered sort of approach that hitman can have and that you know there is no you know one way to you know get to your target right you can go up down left right or any sort of 360 degree motion it doesn't matter what disguise you use it doesn't you know matter what weapon you use it doesn't matter this or that whatever chuck a fire extinguisher and hope for the best you can you can that's the thing that's the thing it's like there's there's one part where like i swear you can uh, i didn't i didn't do it because it wasn't who my target was but i could have if i wanted to it was part of a side story but you get like a big decrease in points if you like kill people you're not supposed to um but i could have made i guess well maybe it would have been okay because it would have looked like an accident but uh there's these like two people that are having a conversation at this table and there's a huge like just chandelier just like right above them and you can just break you know break off the connection for that have the chandelier fall on them and then you know that's yeah. and then, you know just walk away just walk away it wasn't you 
You know, just walk away. Oh, I used to like, like watching Giant Bomb when they, I think it was like Hitman One and or Two that they were like super into at the time, and they were doing like live streams where they would be doing weird challenges where they'd pull like different stuff out of a hat. So it's like yeah. kind of like do stuff in this room with this weird thing, and then they have to go like try and do it and see if they could succeed. Yeah. <laughs> and most often it would be just be chaos. Yeah, no, it, it, the chaos happens a lot more often than that. <laughs> but. Yeah. But it's it's so good, and then like you know, not to mention like I love that you know you can ha- you have that community involvement, that you know, uh, kind of comes to life in in the form of being able to create your own contracts and levels and stuff like that. Um, so maybe not create your own levels, but you can create your own sort of. Um, uh, well, yeah, just create your own contract. So basically, you have your own um, uh, target that you want to assassinate. What the reason is, uh, you can create um, a sort of uh, you know certain uh, restrictions. So like, hey, you can only kill them with you know this particular weapon, so on and so forth. You know, and uh, that stuff is is just really really cool to me, and just it, it incentivizes you to uh, just kind of bring out your creative side, but also um, it makes you want to keep playing because it just feels like endless amount of content you know um with with stuff that people kind of uh uh, create on their on their own like in hitman 2 i believe it was maybe one i want to say two because i i spent so much time with two so probably two um that one i mean i was creating levels left and right it was it's a lot of fun being able to do and it's it's a lot more seamless than you would expect it's not you know, particularly uh, uh, difficult. You just you kind of select the target, uh, create a little quick little summary, um, and then you can kind of set up you know any parameters that you want to uh, set up in terms of you know restrictions or how far you can or cannot go within a level, uh, so on and so forth. So, uh, and it's great. It, it's great. It's an awesome time. Um, but uh, but yeah, played Hitman Three, beat Hitman Three. It was fantastic, and uh, I'm so happy it was on Game Pass because I've been meaning to get around to it. But uh, again, kind of like triangle strategy where it's just like i'm not gonna buy that right away just because like who knows i don't I just don't want to spend all that money and then you know not get around to it anytime soon you know i want to and then who knows by the time i do get around to it maybe it'll only be a couple dollars by then you know so let me just when i'm ready i will get it but thankfully it came out on game pass so it didn't cost me anything right. other than subscription obviously so uh jumped in played it had a fantastic fantastic time and yeah another great game by io interactive i can't see what i can't wait to see what they do you know uh with the next uh you know sort of set of hitman games yeah. um i can't wait to see there are they is it them or crystal dynamics that's helping with perfect uh perfect dart that's a good i don't question. remember i don't think it's io because i think io is doing a james bond game or at least they is were it? at some point yeah um, let me look it up yeah. i can't remember now something like that yeah um i'm not sure who's doing which honestly I can't remember. but i think I can't keep it more unless straight. io is doing james bond and hitman and that which is possible they've maybe gotten big enough for that i don't know I mean, but, those yeah. also it seems like them being involved that seems like something that they would be very good at doing also so i mean i think either of those could work really well for them um so you know just knowing basing off of you know their expertise with level design and just um how they handle you know being in that sort of uh role of an agent and or assassin so yeah. you know, they're very they're very good at that so uh, but yeah, while you're looking that up, um, basically I'm also continuing, well, just because I brought up triangle strategy. Yeah. I've been playing a little bit of triangle strategy. I know you, cause you, you said you got it uh, as well, John. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's already, I can already tell a couple of differences from the demo that I played years ago. Like when they first announced it and they had that sort of what they call a feedback demo. So they put a demo up for maybe like two or three weeks. And then they, uh, when you were done with the demo, they sent you an email to kind of get some feedback, um, what you liked, what you didn't like, what we could fix, what, you know, uh, you know, take out ads, so on and so forth. And um, there's a lot of quality of life enhancements um, that happened that I think are definitely for the better. Things feel a lot more seamless. However, uh, my biggest complaint, which was the case the first time around, um, which is there's there's this weird sort of misbalance between the story segments and the actual gameplay portions of it. Um, now, I'm a big fan of visual novels. Anyone who knows me knows I love visual novels. I've played so many of them. So, you know, dialogue is not a problem, especially when those particular games are nothing but right. dialogue, you know. So, uh, you know, so, you know, that's, that, that, that's not a problem. But I think when you market a game as being a strategy RPG, which I love, which I love, some of my favorite games of all time are strategy RPGs, you know, I think you need to have a certain flow to your game and balance to your game that also reminds people that yes this is a strategy rpg (laughs) you know because there's just too many segments of just like i'll spend the better part of an hour just talking in in a story and then all of a sudden there's like 10 minutes of of a battle that i just do and that becomes problematic to me Um, especially you know when i'm also doing all the side content in the prologue and a lot of that is just you know even more conversations you know and and don't get me wrong the story is really great so far but you know i just need a sort of balance you know i want i wanted to play a strategy rpg and that's just not what i'm getting right now and uh which again isn't a bad thing but when you market it as such you know you know that's i mean maybe it's just more of that ratio in the prologue and then once you get further in the game there'll be more of that who knows it's highly possible yeah but i always you know go back to um you know some examples of like you know fire emblem where like fire emblem does have an insane amount of dialogue but also like you can spend a good chunk of time in your battles but even if you take those out there's still so much to do outside of that you know you can build the relationships with people right you can go around and you know train you can go and increase your stats and in three houses in in particular you know you could just you know go around this this you know school and just um you know participate in classes and find items and just uh you know take care of uh, you know go to vendors and just take care of uh just overall stat progression and just you know overall um you know strategic things that would help you um you know in you know in the in the progression of of, of your playthrough so uh, yeah standard rpg stuff but uh, but this feels like you're either there there is no left or right it just feels very linear and you're either in a story portion or you're either in a battle and you cannot you don't have that flexibility of like well let me go explore the town you don't have that you don't have that, you know. You'll explore the town when it tells you to explore the town, and that's right. it. You know, there is no, <laughs> there is no like, eh, I want to take a break from the dialogue. I want to take a break from the battle. Nope, nope, nope. This is how it is. Take it or leave it. You know, and that's my biggest problem with it at the moment, especially coming from, you know, the likes of, uh, you know, other HD two D titles that they're starting to do with this. You know, like Octopath Traveler. We know, and that's, it just 
I don't know. I just like at this moment. Now again, this is a prologue, so maybe it's just very dialogue heavy for these first couple chapters, and then it really picks up. Um, which you know we've seen that before many times in other games, but um, but man, he's start doing that soon because you know I want to. I totally are... forgot about this game partly. I think because it has a terrible generic title. It well, really does. It's like it's, it's... oh yeah, that triangle strategy thing. I thought that was gonna be a code game, code name or something. Oh wait, no, that's what you're calling the game, and then forget about it. Like. Oh yeah, that exists. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like especially with like you like know, say what you want about Octopath Traveler. At least the name sticks in your head. It does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's it just there's something there that I just want more of, and maybe I'll get that in later chapters because obviously there there's just a lot of world building right now, which you know again is expected because you have three nations that are kind of you know. Um, at a sort of uh, uneasy state with each other at the moment. So, um, you know, that'll explode at one point, I'm sure. And, uh, uh, yeah, but it's it's just that I need that balance, you know, because, again, I love strategy RPGs. I want to I wanna battle. I want to be strategic. You, you want to strategize. Like, what? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, right now, Weird. there's a whole lack of that. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, I think of games, you know, other games that are kind of similar to this that still also had great progression that were also dialogue heavy. But there's just something different about this. Like, I think of games like uh, one of the first games I ever reviewed, uh, which was uh, Devil Survivor 2, Shin Megami Tensei. And then, um, and then more recently, within the last couple of years, that I spent like 80, 90 hours on because I was so in love with it, which was um, uh, Strange Journey Redux, which was also a Shin Megami Tensei mm-hmm. spinoff. So, um, and though I love strategy RPGs, man, I, I mean, I'll spend you know a, a good chunk of hours into those types of games, and you know, Shin Megami Tensei is no. You know, is it that they're they're very well known for their dialogue. You know, they have they're very story heavy. But even that was like there was so much to do in between the story and the dialogue, right? It wasn't just point A to B to C. You know, there was like, okay, let me go back to even when there was just a menu system, you know, I'm not asking for an open world, I'm not asking for me to walk everywhere, but make the menus at least have have a little more engagement, have a little more immersion into it, just like those games did. Because they were on, those games were initially on DS, you know, mm. before they got remade on the 3DS. So, you know, you're talking about games on very old hardware that, you know, didn't do much in terms of scope, but they didn't need to, right? They didn't need to have those big 3D Assassin's Creed Valhalla type worlds, you know? They didn't need to. It was just like, here's a menu system, but within those menus, you can go to all these various places. The background changes from the menu once you, you know, visit those places. And, uh, you know, everything was very, the atmosphere was there. The atmosphere, the vibe, everything clicked. Everything was cohesive, right? Everything was was beautifully married together um and I, I, right now i'm just not i'm not getting that with triangle strategy but uh but full disclosure i am loving it because again the story is great but maybe i should have gone in with this as more of a visual novel because maybe that would help me enjoy it more and get me super into it but right now like i want my strategy battles you know that's what i want and uh i've only experienced two so far and i am three and a half hours in okay mm-hmm. so think about that uh something's <laughs> not right there yeah. so and those two battles mind you blasted they couldn't have been more than 15 20 minutes you know so yeah just kind of put that into perspective um again like you said then it's, it's a prologue so maybe it'll change you know yeah but even so there's then there's at least like hey an issue with the prologue then because <laughs> yeah. that's a lot <laughs> yeah it, 
Yeah, it's a bit dialogue heavy, which again, as someone who plays and loves visual novels, dialogue is, has never and will never be a problem, especially, you know, growing up with a bunch of RPGs like Dragon Quest, right? Like, you know, uh, uh, Tales and, you know, Final Fantasy and stuff like that, where you are going to have those those heavy dialogue exchanges. Um, and those are perfectly fine. But, you know, again, balance. Balance is also always important. Balance um, and and flow. So, you know, and, and when one of those uh, just is, you know, out of whack, it, it can cause a lot of turmoil within them, within the game itself. So, uh, but yeah, um, but yeah, otherwise, story is great so far. I'm excited to play more of it. Um, but yeah, and then uh, we'll see how long it takes for me to finish this prologue, and then I'll kind of decide from there whether I want to buy the full version or not, or just wait a little bit. I, I mean, I'm going to buy it at some point. But um, you know whether I need it right now. Yeah, eh, I don't know because um, I'm I'm particularly excited for. I think it comes out in maybe about a week and a half, two weeks. I'm looking forward to Rune Factory, Rune Factory Five. Um, I like those games a lot, so um, might just save my money for that. Yeah. You know, so it's not going anywhere. Plus, it'll probably be out on Game Pass in a year, wasn't it? Octopath yeah, it took it about a year, Octopath. and then it came up on Xbox. <laughs> yep. So yep. you know, so. I if I hadn't have had. Two, I had $25 in GameStop online coupons that were going to expire. I wouldn't have gotten it you know, uh, right away. I just bought them because it was like, well, I got $25 off of it. So, yeah, why not? So, yeah it was like, yeah, why, why not? So Yeah, I think, but there's just a lot happening in March. And just as of late, there's been a lot happening between, you know, Pokemon and, you know, and all the stuff coming to Game Pass. And then, of course, Elden Ring just came out. And, you know, so people are, you know, big into that. And then Kirby is at the end of the month, you know. And then, you know, for those interested, Rune Factory 5 will be here in about a week or two. And then, uh, yeah, you just have all these indie games in between. And, like, it's just, it's a lot happening, man. Yeah, even (laughs) Gran Turismo 7 came out. It's like, Gran Turismo 7, my God. Yeah, exactly. So I forgot about that. Yeah, Yeah, which I'm not interested in. And then, I don't know. No, uh, there was. Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, that's not that's not how you spell Forza. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. It's, <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely that's not right. How you spell burnout. No. Well, that's not how. Yeah. <laughs> either or. That's not how you spell either of those things. Yeah. yeah no. No. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, but otherwise it's been, it's been a good time. I'm, I'm excited to get like super deep into it. Uh, but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Otherwise I'm in a rush to get it. You know, I, I, I was leading up to it, but you know, again, between Pokemon and all the games we've been getting in review and, uh, and this next game that I'm about to talk about, um, there's just a lot happening. Um, now this next game I'm going to talk about, which also just came out a couple of days ago, um, comes from a big franchise, right. And, uh, a little franchise called Adelier, um, so this new one's Adelir Sophie 2, uh, The Alchemist of the Mysterious Dream that just came out uh, probably about less than a week ago. And um, Adelir's been around, oh my lord, since at this point, 2001, 2002, like it's 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 up there like it's it's like people don't realize like how old this series is man. Yeah. like it's been around because for nobody time. knows about it compared that's to true. some other stuff like tales and other things that are like, yeah, yeah. at least heard of this one i had no idea what it was but i guessed it was an anime game based on the title yeah okay and i was like wait is this some tales spinoff or something because it looks like with their logo and just like the character design from the couple screenshots when i like google it i was like Okay, no, 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 it's not that, but it looks like it. No, no, no. Similar no, type no. of game, right? To a degree, to a degree, yeah. Um, you do have or at least those... how it looks, not necessarily how it plays. Yeah, yeah, you do have those vibrant sort of like you know areas that you go through, like you would in the Tales game. Um, you have, to, of course, a very heavily emphasized party system, like you would in the Tales game. Um, 
But but yeah, I mean, honestly, I would say these games are about as old as the Tales games. I mean, I think the Tales is probably Tales is probably a little bit older. But Adelir first came out on PS2. I swear to God, like back in like 2002, 2003, and. Um, yeah, that would have been like what Tales of Symphonia was kind of around that time. Oh, too. Yeah. Maybe I played it on GameCube. Yeah. So, yeah, that would that sounds right. Yeah, um, and uh, and yeah, so these, these games have been around for a while now. Adelir Sophie, since this one is two, the first Sophie came out in 2015, if I'm not mistaken, on the Vita, which is where I played it because I played most of them on the Vita, and um, my first one being Aisha. Uh, which I absolutely fell in love with, and that's what got me into this series because I've been interested in those games for a while because uh, they've been around for a while. Because I always saw them, you know, just kind of perusing through, you know, GameStop or just going through a Best Buy and stuff like that. I always saw it on the shelf, and I was like, man, this art was gorgeous, you know. So, um, and you know, it was an RPG, which you know, again, you checking off another, you know, uh, <laughs> another box. So, right. you know, I love RPGs. So, um, but this one, they always had like a different sort of, Adelir always had like a different sort of approach to it, where Adelir was always meant to be a lot more laid back and more of a slice of life sort of story rather than, you know, you know, here's, it's the end of the world, save it, like every RPG is. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, this isn't like that. Adelir is literally, you know, just about, you know, some slice of life story. Usually it's a coming of age story, right? It's a magical girl story, something similar to Card Captor Sakura or like Sailor Moon and stuff like that, you know. So um but this is the case of like but you have alchemists here, right? And uh so you know you can concoct potions and all these, you know, items and things like that. So you don't really go to a store that often you can. But uh more often than not you are creating just uh things from items from the ingredients that you gather as you're out and about. And so there's a big emphasis on uh, creation and, um, you know, things like that rather than just like, Oh my God, big monster, you know, or like moon is crashing into the city. It's the dawn of the final day. You know, we got to stop that, you know, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So um, it's nothing like that. It really is just a laid back, you know, they're not meant to be difficult. You know, they can't be, they absolutely can't be. I mean, I've, I've been through some excruciating boss battles, but, um, but otherwise, these games are very much a laid-back sort of approach to you know your sort of traditional RPG um, experience. So, uh, but yeah, Adelir Sophie too is you know it's more Adelir, so you kind of know what you're getting into. Now, with the last couple Adelir games, Adelir Ryza One and Adelir Ryza Two. Now, usually every Adelir game has its own protagonist, right? But Adelir Ryza Ryza was the first one to get a sequel. Otherwise, they usually don't ever get to sequels. They're always standalone. Um, they'll kind of share a universe every three games or so. Um, like this one is called the the was it the Alchemist and the Mysterious Dream. So it's part of the Mysterious series because there's a couple of, of other Adelir games that have the word Mysterious in it. So they'll kind of put that in their own sort of like quadrant, and then they'll have like you know the Elusive series, and then like you know so on and so forth. So you know, but honestly, you can play them. You play any of them at any point. Don't worry about it. It's kind of like Final Fantasy. You don't have to worry about having played another one. Just pick up whichever one looks coolest to you, jump in and enjoy. So, but, uh, but yeah, Ryza was the first one to get a sequel, and the, which hadn't been seen before in the almost 20 years now this, these games have been around. Otherwise, it's always usually a new protagonist. But Ryza was so popular because it sold, it's the highest selling Adelir game um, throughout the whole series. So they were like, hey, let's make Ryza 2. And Ryza 2 was fine. It was a good game. Um, but 
I guess now they were like, maybe we should revisit some of the older, more popular characters, you know? And Sophie was pretty popular um, at the time. So, uh, so Sophie 2 kind of builds off of Sophie 1. You can still jump into this without having played Sophie 1, but I think you appreciate it more if you play Sophie 1. But they catch you, they catch you up really quick. Um, so like literally it's just like a quick cutscene in the beginning actually before you even click new game there's even a separate section that says um, you know the story so far you can just press that it'll give you a quick little two three minute sort of uh, uh, video uh, catching you up um, but yeah no they're always meant to be just sort of laid back RPG experiences and this is uh, Sophie's sequel where she kind of gets sucked into this dream world and uh, isn't where she normally is from so and the story is pretty basic. She's just looking for a lost friend and um, just trying to find her way out of the dream world. That's you know, it's pretty straightforward. Again, they're not meant to be these crazy. Oh my god! Right? You know, it's hell on earth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. Let me, you know, get this weapon. You know, given to me, signed by Kratos. You know, it's not. I don't. It's. I don't need. What if that actually was in some JRPG somehow? Because that'd be so unlikely. But that would be hilarious. Weirdest cameo ever. (laughs) Love Kratos. (laughs) Have fun. I can't always be the god of war. I got to retire at some point. So, uh, but oh, yeah, vacation. No. You take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking boy out to Disney. Yeah. Boy <laughs> out to Disney. Yeah. He's a big fan of those Marvel movies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, they you know they're not meant to be like that. But you know, and I'm I'm happy that they're not because they have a sense of wholesomeness to it, and like everything's very heartfelt, and um, it's uh, and and. It's very fashionable too, man. Like those games don't look like any other sort of RPG. Like there's a lot of like unique sort of um, architecture within these games that are they that help them stand out. And the environments that you go into um, are always filled with sort of uh, colors, even if they're meant to be like bleak. Like it's still very, it's they're still very pretty to walk into because even the more bleak ones will still have like maybe glowing crystals and stuff like that to really give that sort of ambience and lighting and then just really kind of give you that sense of like awe when you walk into even something as simple as a basic dungeon you know so um but uh but yeah if you're familiar with the atelier games you know it's nothing new it's more atelier uh but it's uh been playing that and been enjoying it and having a great time with that i love those games uh but um but yeah, and I guess in, in the realm of RPGs, I'll mention that uh, I've been playing uh, Eglia Rebirth. Also, I can't remember if I mentioned that last time. I don't think I did on the last episode. But I don't um, think so either. Yeah, I don't think so. I think I started playing it by the time um, we did the last episode, but I just didn't mention it because I didn't put enough time into it yet. But I, now I have put enough time into it, so I wanted to talk about that. And uh, But yeah, put a couple hours into that one. I've you know, been having a pretty good time with it. It's pretty straightforward. It's by the creator of the Mana series, and you can tell very quickly when you see the art. Very quickly. Especially oh, yeah. When- <laughs> Especially when you compare like the hut, like that hut is identical. Like there are no differences between that hut uh, that you stay in and the hut in the Mana games. Like that is that is copy paste. Uh, but uh, but it's cool though. It's it was initially a mobile game apparently, but this rebirth version on the Switch is definitely designed for. Uh, PC and consoles, and is meant to be more of uh, more RPG focused. So, but it's it's interesting how it works. Where uh, it it also feels pretty laid back. Where 
how it's going to work is you get these eggs, hence the egg part of Eglia. And with those eggs that you sort of, uh, not necessarily breed, but incubate anyways, um, when you're ready, when they're ready to kind of be used, because nothing really comes out of them, but when they're ready to be used, sort of, um, they create new pieces of land. So, and you can choose when you're creating this map um, where you want to place these eggs, so long as they connect to an already existing piece of land. But, you know, if you have a house here and that's the only part of, uh, you know, your map that's there, you can choose to either, when you get that new egg, to either go up, left, right, or down, you know, and each of those is going to be something different, you know, and eventually over time you will fill up the map, but otherwise you can choose however you want to, you know, fill up that map uh, to begin with. And it's kind of an interesting way to sort of create or progress in the game um, and visit these new areas and sort of, you know, without having that traditional sort of restriction of like, oh, here's a fence, I can't pass this, or like, oh, I need an ability to get over this, you know, so on and so forth. Like, it's just like, okay, you place an egg here, okay, that's where you're going now for the foreseeable future until you get another egg, and then you can expand the map and, you know, go this way. So uh, it's really interesting how it works. Um, And then when you're actually in those maps, you're in this sort of hexagonal uh, system that you walk through and you roll some dice and let's just say you get a six, so then you move six spaces. And within those six spaces, you can chop down a tree, battle an enemy, uh, so on and so forth. It almost feels like a board game, sort of. Um, But it's very very linear. And then, uh, yeah, after so many rolls, eventually you get to the end of... uh, uh, the level, and then you just go back to camp and you kind of um, recoup and um, you know re-strategize while you're there, and you can do various quests for people, you know, outside of the mainline stuff, and uh, and yeah, I mean it's it's a cute little game, you know, something that's nice to spend some time on. Not a very expensive, maybe twenty bucks, I think twenty twenty five bucks, and um, on the Switch, been playing them on the Switch, and uh, yeah, it's very straightforward. It doesn't really feel like mana, but it definitely looks like the mana games for sure, eventually. Uh, but gameplay-wise, don't go into it expecting a, a mana game because it's not, it's not like that at all. But uh, but yeah, definitely worth checking out if you want something that's a little more of a downsized RPG with a unique twist to it. Um, it doesn't ask much of you. It's very straightforward, easy to pick up, easy to learn. And uh, yeah, it's not bad. Uh, let's see here. So uh, on the topic of the Switch... In terms of like colorful things and happy things, I played the demo because the demo just came out for uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. I had a great time with that man. I was smiling like the whole time, the whole time. It was it was awesome. That demo was great. I can't wait for the full game. Like I am, I am super stoked for that full game to come out at the end of the month. And uh, I think I can already sense right away that this game, this is going to be the best Kirby game in a long time for sure at least to me personally definitely since like triple deluxe because triple deluxe i thought was great and but triple deluxe came out on 3ds in 2014 you know so it's it's been some time it's been some time um so uh you know not that kirby's had bad games necessarily since then but they just really haven't been as good since then i know a lot of people loved uh kirby and the rainbow curse on uh on wii u as well as kirby Kirby Yarn? Is that what it was called? Uh, Epic, was kind of Epic, Yarn, Epic Yarn. Epic yeah. yeah, there we go. That's that the last one that stands out like yeah. that like a lot of people would have heard of or something, yeah. at least in my mind. Like there's plenty of like decent ones since then, but that's the one yeah. where like, oh yeah, I remember hearing about that game. Yeah, and like that one that one was fine. I mean I wasn't too 
crazy for that one. Um, but it, you know, for you know, credit where credit's due. I mean, it was it was playable, it was enjoyable. Um, but yeah, there's there's been nothing but really not again not bad ones, but just you know fairly decent, fairly okay ones since then. And um, but the one that the Switch launched with Star Allies did not put a good taste in my mouth. I did not enjoy that game very much. And it was okay. Uh, I, uh, it wasn't. I, great i beat that game in five hours and that game was super short maybe even last maybe four and a half mm. and it was in one sitting and i was like oh my god And at the time i was working at gamestop so thank god i didn't spend 60 bucks on it because i had rented it at the time from gamestop so um, you took an I, open copy of a game and then put it back on and sold it as new how dare you <laughs> yeah i know it you know if it was up to me <laughs> i wouldn't have done that but you know that's uh, uh yeah, how that, that, that's, could that's you? That's how the structured. Yeah. Anyway, it just uh, makes me yeah, laugh that. when everybody. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, but well, uh, not new, John. Oh no, it's used. It's, it's used it's now. Used. It's used now. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, I I had rented it, and uh, man, I was disappointed. Like it wasn't a bad game per se, but it was just too too straightforward i don't know it was just so it just felt very uninspired especially coming off of the heels of what was before that planet robobot you know which was like still had that sort of clever quirky curbiness to it and but the star allies just didn't feel that curvy it just felt like it had curvy but in terms of like you know game design it didn't really feel like much of Kirby at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it just put a very bad taste in my mouth. So I'm, I'm glad this one kind of goes back to what Kirby is and what I expect from Kirby. And not only that, but exceeds those expectations. And that's sucking and the like, souls out of every creature he sees and taking yeah. their hats. That's Kirby. <laughs> Especially now with mouthful mode. Oh, my Lord. There oh, you go. Lord. Oh, he's eating a lot. Big he's soul mode, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's the Dark Souls of Kirby. There yeah, it's go. the Dark Souls of Kirby. I still see Kirby's it. all super cute and like colorful and stuff on the surface until you start thinking about it. And you're like, oh no. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> well, it's always funny to me too because when you think of like Kirby games, for anyone who has a history with Kirby games or has beaten a lot of Kirby games, a lot of people will agree that the final boss, maybe even the last two bosses of Kirby, are always some of the most demented things you will ever see. That game is nothing but happy. You know, happy-go-lucky, smiles and joy, cakes and strawberries the entire time. And then once you get to the end, is the most demonic, hell-ridden thing you have ever seen. What if they literally just threw a Dark Souls boss in the end of a a Kirby game, complete with, like, different art style except Kirby's pink in the middle of all that darkness? (laughs) And, And here's the thing. You might think that sounds like a crazy idea. But it's not. It would fit. <laughs> it would, that would be hilarious. It would fit because that's how Kirby, <laughs> Kirby's been. It's wild. He's had the craziest final bosses, the craziest. And Big scary uh, monster and Kirby's just like whoop 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 whoop. Yeah. Him <laughs> <That's fun. laughs> I would love that. They need somebody see now. Somebody needs to make a Kirby mod for Elden Ring. I want to see that. Yeah. Please. I mean, I'm give like... it time though. If there's any way to mod. There's already like a photo mode mod and some other stuff that all require turning off like the anti-cheat thing that they have on PC mm. so you can't play it online. But yeah, give them time. They'll have yeah. like Thomas the Tank Engine in there and all the stupid crap <laughs> that the mods always do. Oh, yeah. How will Macho Man make it into Elden Ring? Who knows? Tune in to find out and yeah, we'll, we'll however find long it. <laughs> it takes the modders to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the demo the demo's not too big. You have Two, le- two levels and then a boss fight. So they give you the first... Maybe it's the first two levels. Maybe it could just be two levels plucked from the game. But uh, they give you two levels to play around in and then um, the third sort of uh, section that you can play 
um, in the demo is a boss fight, which is a, a really cool boss fight against this gigantic like King Kong looking dude. And uh, and yeah, but you can definitely tell that a lot of the team from Super Mario Odyssey worked on this game because it the environments are gorgeous and like it kind of how you sort of collect things and all the collectibles is very Super Mario ish. Honestly, it's, it doesn't feel Kirby in that regard. They definitely curbified it. If that's a word. But you know, but it we is definitely, now. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it is now. It is now. Yeah, but um, but yeah, but it still like feels even even though it like takes a lot of those ideas from various Mario games, um, especially 3D World. Um, it still feels inherently Kirby, which I think is the most important part, and uh, it has its own identity. And I'm I'm super stoked, man. <laughs> it's 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 like my hype level was already like way up here, but now it's like you know up and beyond because of uh. Uh, because of that, because of that demo, and uh, uh, my girlfriend surprised me with some really cute uh, Kirby cups as well. So I'm gonna be drinking out of those <laughs> Kirby times. So <laughs> I'm gonna have a whole Kirby setup. Is it so. a Kirby cup that just has a face on the side, or is it the awesome Kirby cup where it is his mouth is face up, and that's what you're pouring the stuff in, drinking out of his mouth? Yeah, that's, no, not that that's one. It's the just Kirby cup that we yeah. deserve. In the- <laughs> <laughs> little ceramic mug. <laughs> it's just a wide open Kirby mouth that you pour yeah. your coffee in. <laughs> and he's gonna turn into like he's gonna have some coffee ability. Can you imagine that? Yeah. It's like he just starts. He shooting doesn't need coffee. to be caffeinated. Like, like coffee Kirby mouth. caffeinated is a bad idea. Yeah, no. <laughs> Especially with mouthful mode. Don't recommend it. Don't recommend it. He's that's a lot of. That's too much coffee. Yeah, too much. A lot of coffee. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and um, so the the final two. Um, we just started this earlier, but uh, we started playing Lost in Random, which I was waiting on because I keep seeing it on sale on occasion on Xbox, and because it is by EA, um, you know, I just kind of I was like, I was like, oh well, I'll just wait for that to come to EA Play slash Game Pass, you know, and just play it when that happens. Yeah. Um, you know, since I wasn't expecting it to take a while, I mean, it has been taking a surprising amount of time at this point. But uh, you know, because I feel like it takes two got there pretty quick, and same thing with like a way out. But because this is also an EA original, Lost in Random, um, but uh, it hasn't like at all. But then you know, just on a whim, you know, my, my girlfriend bought it, and like we've been having a great time with it. We've been just been playing a few hours, maybe three, four hours. Um, but uh, from the little bit that we've played, it's 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 awesome, man. Because I've had my eye on it for a while, but it really makes me want to go back and play Alice Madness Returns because it reminds me a lot of that. Um, but the combat system is super unique, though, because you get to uh, you can like freeze time and you can choose cards to uh, that are constantly are shuffling, and these cards give you um, just it could be any random number of things. They can give you a new weapon. They can give you a buff. They can give you. Um, you know, an uh, an item to throw like a bomb, uh, and just any number of things, and you can utilize those uh, at your disposal if you have the necessary amount of like gems or or like points that that they have, um, which you kind of generate just as you battle random enemies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But uh, but the art style is super unique, and uh, it's great, man. I, I wish this game got more attention. And like I, I remember saying before this game came out, because EA announced this at E3, uh, if not last year, then the year before. Because it's a fairly new game. And I remember just going like, man, this game looks so good, yet this game probably won't have much marketing behind it, and it's going to be a sleeper hit. And that is exactly what happened, because no one has talked about this game. I remember seeing the trailer now, (laughs) excuse me, because I looked it up when I saw it on your list, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember seeing that. That does look cool. 
Yeah, and I was initially going to get it on Xbox, but then we ended up getting it on Switch. And honestly, it looks and plays great on the Switch. Like it, it's really impressive. So, um, but yeah, no, it's it's a great time so far. But the combat system is what really stands out to me the most, and of course the environment design. And uh, but it, every time it, I like to see it, it just makes me want to go back and play Alice by Ness Returns because it has that sort of, you know, that sort of vibe of like you know, um, you know, uh, like super not supernatural, but sort of. Um, exaggerated realism you know mm-hmm. um so uh but uh but yeah no it's 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 an awesome time but it's definitely like more of a um you know adventure platformer so if you know those types of games it's it's definitely worth checking out and, and again if you liked alice Ben's returns i think you're gonna love awesome random i just wish it got more love um you know and more marketing because it was definitely kind of a game that just kind of just kind of came and went it kind of had like a silent release you know and um hasn't really been talked about since then which is why i'm excited for it to come to game pass also because i know then you know xbox will say it's coming to game pass people will finally jump into it play it, and then realize how good of a game it actually is you know so guardians of the galaxy oh. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that tiny game that had no marketing behind it came yeah. to game pass and now is discovered oh wait yeah. <laughs> only sold a million copies when it first came out and it oh. just underperformed oh my god yeah. <laughs> Everything underperforms for Square Enix. Anything that I'm gonna start calling them Square. Oh, it underperformed Enix because that's well, the, because that's their the expectations. They're like, hey, we make this game. It's a it's basically Minesweeper, but we're gonna like put it out there and we're gonna totally make a billion dollars on day one. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's our expectations. Go. Uh, oh, what? Just... No one bought it. Oh man, it underperformed because we expected something unrealistic. That's pretty much them. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think. When all the D- Tomb Raider reboots came out and some other stuff they've put out, like they underperformed because we expected it to be eight bajillion dollars and we only got you know like two bajillion or whatever. You know, it's like, oh no, like come on, like if you were having realistic expectations, yeah. then they did really well. Like come on, yeah, well never never mind that. But I mean, I don't think the game. I don't think with the reboot of everything, you know, whether it was you know we're talking about the original Rise or Shadow, where it wouldn't have gotten all those, you know, comics and, you know, prequel novels and, you know, all these, you know, figurines and, and even a live action movie, you know, another movie based off of the first game, you know, uh, if it wasn't. They keep successful. hinting that they might do a second one and I hope they do because I liked the first one. Yeah, no, it was it was good. I enjoyed yeah. that one a lot. Yeah. Alicia Vikander is really good. Yeah, uh, surprisingly, surprisingly, I had my doubts at first, but you know she did. Yeah, I, I always I'd... for this version of Lara Croft, she's like perfect for it. Yeah, yeah. For like classic Lara Croft, it, maybe it wouldn't have played the same, but yeah, we've yeah. got those movies already with Angelina Jolie, and yeah. you can go watch them if you want, and they're terrible, but you can watch. Them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember painting and going to the theater to watch that movie. Yeah, yeah oh, no. <laughs> Well, not not the original, sorry, but no, the, the original. Uh, I remember going and seeing the original. You know, it was oh like, wow, okay, yeah, yeah, no, I didn't. Uh, do that, that, that was that was a long time ago, though. That was yeah. That's when there was like technically no hope for video game movies. Now we have like a bare slim hope for <laughs> yeah, video game movies. Just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Uncharted done very well. Surprisingly, I didn't figure it would. I don't care about that movie. Oh, I don't I either. Watch it or I even got it at a, some point just for a laugh, but I was like, that's not Uncharted. I <laughs> even got a free ticket and I didn't go see it. So there you go. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I paid the $10 to upgrade uh, the, 
the Thieves collection, whatever it's called, on they PS5. Just, I've and, lost Legacy. Yeah. I get why they cast the movie the way they did, but I don't like it. Like, way too either. young for Nathan Drake. Mm, like, he yeah. could have played a young Nathan Drake and been fine, but, like, the where it's supposed to be is just like, no, like, no. Should have been either Mark Wahlberg or Nathan Fillion. Also, you can't have Sully without a mustache. That's just no. no. If if the Wahlberg didn't want to put on a mustache, then don't don't hire him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> or just have him be Drake instead. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm on a, sure. Like, Which was initially the it would have been a different flavor of dumb, world. but yeah. I mean, I I, I like. I like Tom Holland. I, I like him as Spider Man. I like him as an actor. I, I like him. Like watching him do interviews. But him as him in Uncharted, no, it, that was a flavor of the month hire. Is what that was. Yeah, sorry, that's, that's exactly I mean, that's what I said. That's yeah. what I said. Too. I mean, I, I, I mean, it could have been worse casting because he's fine. Like yeah. he can act at least. But yeah, no, the, you can tell from the trailer that they didn't care about. It's a oh, let's capitalize on this franchise because we know people recognize it. It's not someone making it like. Oh, I really want to make this awesome movie about this thing and adapt it well. It's just right. like now we want to cash it. Which Pretty is much. weird because look, it, it look, had. you see this thing? This looks like from Uncharted Three. Remember that when they're hanging out the plane? Yeah, oh, and he's running the off trailer the trailer. Just... And... Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, which is like super weird, just because it, it did have uh, Neil Druckmann's involvement with writing the script, and then not to mention like Nolan North was there trying to give a lot of pointers on how to properly play. Yeah, but long, that's so. just token they have to be there because it's not like they're going to say no. And I'm sure that like Neil Druckmann's way more involved in like The Last of Us HBO oh, show well, than he yeah, ever was in the Uncharted movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's deep deep into The Last of Us at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I, I think bringing him on to Uncharted was just more of a supervisional thing. <laughs> like. I feel. Yeah. Or he's like, oh, yeah, you got the name of this thing, right? Yeah, we said this in this game. Sure. Cool. Check yeah. off on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cut me a check. Okay. Thanks. This terminology is right. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Good. You, you right. spelled Thanks, Uncharted correctly. Thanks, Good job. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, and then uh, lastly, um, been playing quite a bit of finally, uh, just because I bought this, I think, the same night, <laughs> just because. Uh well, we all know a little game called Elden Ring came out. A little indie game called Elden Ring came out, and uh, made by the creator of Stardew Valley. And uh, <laughs> so that would be a weird game. Yeah, that, <laughs> would, that would be a very weird game. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, a small little game called Elden Ring came out. I bought it. Um, I played less than two hours. I know it was less than two hours because I was able to get a refund on it. It just wasn't for me, man. Like I really tried so hard to get into it and i just which was yeah, weird because sense. like i mean i i like i love watching people play the game and uh but it i just can't play it even though and i really had hope because i actually spent a solid you know again i didn't beat it i didn't get particularly far in it either but i actually spent a solid 20 to 25 hours in sekiro and like i enjoyed sekiro a lot Actually. That's almost uh, all of Sekiro. It's like about a thirty-hour game. Yeah. Uh, well, not not for me, just because I'm not particularly good at those games. Well, sure, <laughs> so. sure. It depends on how much you get hung up on. So there's some really tough bosses in yeah. the game. Yeah, yeah so that will slow much. you down. But like, if you removed all the boss fights, it would be you know maybe like fifteen hours or something. Sure. If you're just exploring everywhere on the map without the yeah. fights, and then depending on how well, that's difficult my thing you too. take the fights too, that will add some time because you're t- attempting yeah. the boss fights over yeah. and over, right? Well, that's, that's my thing too, is I'm a big explorer, like especially when you give me a beautiful world like that, like and you have collectibles and stuff, like I want to... I want. Uh, uh, Elden Ring has a lot of collectibles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just all the crafting materials you get is insane. Like yeah. there's so many. <laughs> there's so many. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, no, I, so, but yeah, it just unfortunately just couldn't click with me and I just kind of fell into the hype. And, but thankfully, since I bought it digitally on Xbox, like literally moments later, when I asked for that refund moments later, I got my money back. I, I couldn't have waited longer than two minutes. I had like everything back was back in my, uh, Microsoft balance. So it was, it was really cool. But, um, but because I felt bad and I wanted a new game to play, cause I was feeling, you know, it was Friday. Everybody's, there's all this excitement over a new game. You know, uh, I was like, well, I, let me just buy something. So, um, they had a, I've noticed Xbox. I don't know if this has been happening with anybody else. I'm sure it's been happening with other people, but they have what's called now just for you deals. And, uh, just for me personally, they had Riders Republic on sale. I guess they knew that I've been interested in that one for a while, so I played <laughs> Riders Republic, and uh, or so I got Riders Republic, and um, for a price that I'd pretty much been wanting to pay, I was like, well, I'll, I'll wait for it to drop to about uh, this price, and I'll, I'll buy, which was about, I think the standard standard was twenty three twenty three dollars. So I was like, okay. Okay, that we can do. Because um, they didn't want to pay sixty when that game came out, especially when I was still like playing steep at the time too, and like with the gold edition, you still had so much content. But uh, Riders Republic is steep, effectively, and uh, but just with a lot more to do and a lot more to play it's around. in. Deep plus, yeah, steep plus. Basically, <laughs> you know, I bought a copy of that with something else to get free shipping, and I don't even think I've taken the wrapper off of it. Was it Assassin's Creed? Did you buy no. that? With? No, okay. No, no, it was I something that I bought over. Of, uh, Riders Republic and then something else behind it, but I forget what the other game behind I, it was. I bought it. I bought it. It was, I think it was Black Friday sales, and I needed something like $20 to get free shipping, yeah. so I bought it. I think I, I think it was when I got uh, uh, the the new Life is Strange game. I think I bought it from GameStop. Okay. And, okay. I can find out, but I think, and I haven't even took the wrapper off of it. So, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I've I've been having a a good uh, time with it. It's um, it's just like steep. It's you know, it can be. Did you change it to steep controls? Was my first question. I did. I did. (laughs) Yeah, I bought it with the new life. You played steep. That would make sense. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I did. I wanted I wanted those controls right away because I got super used to those controls. Yeah. but um, but yeah, no. My my biggest gripe with it, which is a stupid gripe to have, but there's the photo mode isn't anywhere near as good as <laughs> Steepless. <laughs> Steep's photo mode was fantastic. This one is so bare bones by comparison. You can still take some really nice photos and like do a decent amount with it. But like Steep just had so many options. Like it got like crazy detail with with what you could do and how you wanted to do the you know the focal blur and the depth of field and you know the saturation and stuff like that and the framing and everything. But with Riders Republic, you don't have frames. You don't have a lot of the orbit with the camera and freedom that you did with Steep and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, it's hard to manipulate a lot of the sort of you know, camera functionalities that you would see in a typical camera. Um, but, but yeah, but otherwise I, I've still taken some, some shots that I'm happy with. Um, but uh, one of the things when I was playing Riders Republic, cause I played it for maybe, I don't know, I forget how many hours I bought it back at black Friday ish time somewhere in there. I don't remember now, but uh, I overly complicated would be some of what I would describe it as, especially just like menus of like, Hey, I want to change the radio station. Coming yeah. off of Forza and then going to Riders Republic, it's like, oh, I have to do like three or four button pushes to do it's, a thing, and yeah. then every time I do an event, it just goes back to something else and it doesn't yep. stay on whatever. That's yep. like, guys, you could have done this a lot nicer, but yeah, you didn't. It doesn't, 
No, yeah, there's definitely a lot of quality of life things they can definitely add to it, and things that I feel like they were actually kind of degraded from Steep, actually. Um, like, uh, like primarily that map, but nothing against, not, like, the map, full disclosure, that map is great, but I just mean, like, how you see the map and how the map distributes its events and stuff like that becomes very overwhelming very quick. And Steep did not have that. Steep, Steep had a very nice sort of progression system that still felt big without just completely it didn't feel like opening up a closet and everything falling on you <laughs> like you know well, that doesn't help that they have all the little player icons on there too if you're looking oh at God, it like I know. <laughs> I know i don't remember now if it's in both 2d and 3d modes but yeah it's just like you don't need more icons running around the map yeah. guys like yeah it gets crazy but i've been having a really great time with writers republic and uh you know if you love steep you're gonna love writers republic and uh yeah i love hate 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 the npcs as much as i did because i hated them to the point that i turned the voices down oh yeah no yeah yeah. it's like they're so obnoxious of like hey i'm a you know 50 year old trying to be you know super cool and write these characters but it comes off like uh steve buscemi i'm you know like (laughs) hello fellow kids kind of meme it feels like that but then like they just don't stop talking they just keep going and going and going especially at the beginning of the game and you're just like shut up man just let me go down this hill like (laughs) I did not like the NPCs in that game. Yeah, no, they they can be... Well, they're way too sort of, like, influencer, I think, where it's just, like, you know, holding the camera yeah. up you know, the, on the phone, and it's just like, like, what's going on, guys? You know, like, subscribe, hit, you know... Smash <laughs> that, that like stuff. button! Yeah. It's like, it'd be okay in very small doses, but they're never small doses. It's always oh, just God, like, no. hey, I'm in no. your face, and I'm in your face for three minutes. Ah, yeah. just like, just back off. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down. Well, I, I will say I really liked the introductory stuff because it made me laugh of them just switching over to like more of like an interview like halfway through whatever was actually happening, and then just being like, being like yeah, my name's Caleb, and uh, <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> just stuff like that. It just made me laugh. All that stuff. Um, so there's a lot of humor in that game that, like, yeah, some of it can get extremely cringe, but, uh, you know, if you can learn to laugh at how bad it is, it's it's really funny. Well, it's like, I get that it was trying to be funny with most of it. It's just, for me, it just was the annoying side of it where I didn't find it funny personally. So it was just like, oh, you get on my nerves so much. Yeah. It's making it harder to play this game. <laughs> yeah. And Steep didn't have any of that either. So maybe that's another, like, benefit to Steep that some people would see of just being like, thank God, no people like that, yeah. you know? So, um but yeah, no, I'm having a great time with Rise of Republic. It feels like the crew in a lot of ways, too, because you have that seamless... Sw- well, the crew, too, in particular. Mm-hmm. You have that seamless switching between the sort of... like a, You have a wheel that has... You know, that goes between the different like sport types. So you can go from yeah. a bike to a snowboard to a uh, to a rocket wing like that just by the click of a button. So... Um, or the click of a wheel, really. But, um, yeah, and it happens right there. You don't have to load into it. You just kind of morph into it, you know, um, just like you would in the crew, too, where, like, yeah. you could be on you know, on a very sweet sports car jumping off a ramp, and then once you jump off that ramp, you can turn into an airplane, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you want. So, uh, and it's really cool. Because so. making airplanes take off is too hard. Just yeah. launch a car and then yeah. transform. Yeah, man. I need this ramp first, man. That's just... <laughs> But uh, Rise of Republic, though, has been a really great time. And I think one of the reasons why I like those games so much, uh, this and Steep, is just because it's that freedom 
and uh, that feeling of just going at high speeds and just doing all these awesome tricks with no real like barrier really um <laughs> or, you as i was it. whenever i do a bike event it's like go at high speeds and then do a very quick crash into a tree or whatever <laughs> fly off the try to take a quarter and just fly off into nowhere because i didn't do it right like i did not get the hang of the bikes i could do like the other ones with the bikes i was terrible yeah, yeah. at <laughs> the bikes were hard that's why like in the in, like in the introductory phase like when you know because the game the game kind of has like a forza opening where it kind of like, yeah. introduces yeah. you you know to a, a bunch of different like you know things right away in this really cool like cinematic way uh but it it was like the bike one i had to i hit the i had to hit that backtrack button quite a bit <laughs> just because <laughs> i did turning those corners man was not easy it is for me now but at that opening ooh, no oh, yeah there's one. a learning curve because like you just yeah. try and do it normal you don't turn it off you try to do the power slide you do it too much it's just like yeah. you gotta yeah, dial this very in sensitive. somehow yeah. yeah it's very sensitive yeah and uh, heaven forbid try doing it at first person oh Oh, no. Bike oh, is hard God. enough in third person. Trying to yeah. do the bike at first person, just nah. nah. Well, the field of view is insane. Once you go into first person, everything turns into a fisheye. It's crazy. Yeah, like it's wild. Um, but uh, but yeah. Anyways, that's that's you know without you know extending it even more. But yeah, that's everything I've been I've been playing. It's been quite a bit. It's been it's been quite a bit since the last episode. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I just uh, I skipped. I've from played hotel. quite a bit since the last episode. It's just you know focused. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been bouncing from hotel to hotel last week, so I didn't have much time to play anything. I sure, took sure. my Xbox up and end up watching uh, something on streaming for a few, and then going to bed. So you know, it's like this week maybe I'll be able to play a little bit more. But yeah. um, really, no news to talk of. Nathaniel, you want to talk about the? Uh, this, this yeah, I just threw this... something in here for fun. Like yeah. uh, Brandon Sanderson uh, is an author that I really like. He does like fantasy novels and stuff. If you haven't heard of him before, he's the guy who finished off Wheel of Time when Robert Jordan died, and then he has a ton of his own novels. He's got so many books. He like writes and publishes like usually at least one a year, if not more. You know, if not full novels, like other things too. I don't know. He's he's done a lot of stuff. But anyway, he ha- apparently wrote. Four secret full length in secret four full length novels since like uh, the pandemic started, and then he's launched a Kickstarter. We like, hey, if you want to get some, you know, these books from me or whatever, here you go. You can get them in, uh, you know, ebooks, audiobooks, hardcovers. There's even like some weird like uh, like a what do you call it? Like the Year of Sanderson box. So you get like swag boxes on the months that you don't get uh, books, and so all these different like levels of. Uh, things you can do on the kickstarter but basically it's like here you want these four secret novels here you go and it's broken the record to be the most funding for kickstarter ever it's crazy and it's it's done it in like three or four days it's nuts yes it's it's all it's already over 24 million dollars currently as of recording it's at 24.2 million and it was like 20.2 or something was when it broke the yeah. record somewhere like yeah, that it's crazy yeah. within like the first 24 point. hours it already hit like 12 13 14 i forget what it was, it was like huge it was insane but i really like him so i like backed it like as soon as i saw it what was that dennis sorry no sorry i like who had the previous record before this was it i know star citizen was pretty high up there but um uh i believe from according to this article it was a pebble watch or something like that it was like 20 points something okay 
by the pebble time in 2015 was 20.3 something million and that's for like the full you know yeah uh campaign yeah. Well, um, now, like, now is this hey is we did this... this in a few days and we still have plenty of time yeah left. still 25 days left so yeah. it's hard it'll to be tell. the first kickstarter to hit a billion yeah it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it won't get that far but yeah we'll yeah. be the gangnam style though but <laughs> will it get to like i if it keeps going because like the smart thing about it is it's not like really much more than saying buying four ebooks or buying four audiobooks mm-hmm. if you go those lower tiers or even the one with like the hardcovers it's like buying a special edition hardcover book it's about yeah. you know it's not like it's crazy expensive over the top of right. what you would pay for something somewhere else Retail, he's done yeah. kickstarters before he's done like special hardcover editions for like some of his books before you know that you can't get at retail stores and i think the last one he did was like six million or something for the full uh run so this is He's done big Kickstarters before, but this is by far insane. So it's just like so many people are jumping on it, and I could see it hitting triple digits if it keeps going at a well, yeah. you know fast enough pace. Like we're already at like a quarter of you know quarter of the way there to get to triple di- uh, triple digit millions, whatever. That's not how you should say that, but you know one hundred million, it'll, right. it might hit that. I can see that. Well, so I don't know. It was I just mean... something cool that I I was aware of. I thought. It's not video games, but we can bring it up. Yeah. Oh, I've been watching it here since you started talking about it, and it's already went up another thousand, two thousand dollars in just Jesus, what, five minutes. I mean, well, it's... when I when I I like he announced it by putting out this very uh, dramatic video on his YouTube channel that was all like I forget what the thumbnail and stuff said, but he basically is starting it out for like the first two minutes, like being very serious, like it's an apology video. It's like I've been lying to you, stuff like that, and then like pulls out this giant stack of papers, like I wrote a novel in secret, <laughs> slams it on the desk, and then he's going back and forth to like a chalkboard, and then back, and then he walks over, and someone has slid a different chalkboard in front out of while he was out of frame, and then walks away, and here's a whiteboard over here, like using it to do like kind of the presentation of like. Here's how I spent all my time in uh, 2019 pie chart, and I spent a lot of it traveling. And when that went away, I had this much extra time. And then going back in, and by the end of the video, he's like, "I wrote like five secret novels. One of them's like shorter. That's like a more of like a young adult thing. That's probably going to be a graphics novel. So we'll put it over here. We're doing a Kickstarter for these four full length novels. And you know, if you want to get on it, cool. Here's the link. It was like, oh, okay, I'll click it, and, like, looked at it. It was already several million when I, like, clicked on it, and it was only up for a few hours at that point. Yeah. And it was, like, just constantly ticking up, like, while I was sitting here look, just looking at the page that first time. And that first day was insane. Just like, hey, we can't keep track. It's coming in way too fast, so it's just like... Yeah, this, numbers spinning. This entire <laughs> the entire time you explained that it went up another two thousand dollars. I said here, yep, watch the true. clickers. Yeah, I mean, and that's it's still crazy. like relatively fast, <laughs> but that feels slow compared to what I was seeing. It was yeah. like literally like that amount of time had been going up by like tens of thousands or it's something. Like, it was I, I was like, like, okay, he's going to tell the story. Let me open yep. it up and watch the clicker while he's telling the story. Yep, yep another two thousand dollars, and just add a little bit about time. It's like, <laughs> oh so, yeah, like it's all like secret project one, two, three, and four, and then he's going to slowly reveal kind of like titles and read some chapters if you want that if you don't want it they're gonna like you can keep it secret for yourself they're all coming out next year kind of like every quarter of 2023 supposedly as long as they you know hit those timelines which i trust him to do that based on how he's like written his other books and stuff in the past so hopefully it works out but yeah we'll see i'm like i like i like his stuff i like his big shared universe that he's got which apparently three of these are in that one of them is just a standalone thing that he wrote and it'll be fun 
Yeah, it's pretty to, cool. I have it's plenty amazing. to read in 2023. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, it's amazing to sit here and watch it. It's crazy. I didn't know anything. It's just about fun it. that now, like the all-time most funding on Kickstarter is for books. Yeah, who would have thunk it in the 21st century? <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh wow, people still read. Weird. And, like, and I, not I just, read all the time. <laughs> and not just and not just read. They read like they're, they're physical books, not just digital, but physical books. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like plenty of people do that too. Like yeah. there's plenty of like stuff about that on like you know YouTube and things out there as people reviewing that stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's not unheard of. But yeah, you know, like there's plenty of ebooks too or audio books. People get their books in many different ways. Yep, I get mine Audible wise. So. Hey, if you're traveling a lot, that makes sense. Don't have time to read, so I listen to them. So yeah. have someone else read it for you. Yeah, uh-huh. and hopefully it's a good reading. You know, most of the Star Wars stuff is high production, so it's like okay, it's good reading. But there's been a couple yeah. that I've, a couple books that I've got Star Trek books and stuff. It's like, ooh, you could have spent a little bit of money on that and made it yeah. just a little bit better than just somebody sitting there reading trying to yeah. do voices. It's, yeah, like I really it's a big enough book, you can stuff. get a review of like those and people talk about it as long as it's you know high enough visibility to be like, yeah, the, the audiobook is good here. Oh, no, they did bad there. Yeah, yeah. The Star Wars ones, I mean, they have different actors doing all the different characters. Yeah. And, you know, they have a narrator. And I I like the I like those a lot. But, man, some of them, again, it's just like a guy reading. It's like, it puts me to sleep. <laughs> yeah, like, if you're going to do it, especially for, like, fiction, you're going to have someone who's getting into it and doing, like, you know, like yeah. trying to be a storyteller, not just like I'm. I was hired to read these words, and I'm reading these words, yeah. and I don't don't care at all. Yeah, it's like I've never going to be fun. It's like the audio books that I appreciate are the autobiographies that are usually or the the story the books of the of somebody's life, and it's that person that wrote it reading it. You know, like mm. uh, 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 the the dude who does the 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 um, the Daily Show now. Um, why can't I remember his name? I listened to a sample of the book he wrote and it's, he reads it and it's really good. And it was like, yep, I will buy that. Beep, boop, pop. Yeah, yeah. That was like me. Like when I, I think the last audible book I did was astrophysics for people in a hurry. And that was by Neil deGrasse Tyson, but also read by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah, yeah, that's it. Thank you. I could not remember that for for nothing. I don't know why. I couldn't remember that. But yeah, so cool. Yeah, yeah, he'd be good. He'd be a good person for reading a thing. Yeah, based on just how he does for the Daily Show. Yeah, as a presenter. Yeah, yeah, but not not a whole lot of news stuff going on this week. Nothing real big. I mean, nothing that I thought was worth sitting and trying to talk about. So. But, you know, we've got two weeks. Who knows what may I looked up a few weeks. things, and I was just like, yeah, the same. It's just kind of like, eh, it's, yeah. it's be like, hey, we read the headline, and we're done. There's not much to talk about, right? Right, so, yeah. So, who yeah. knows? Maybe... The only other one we kind of was, we already talked about with, like, Pokemon. That's about it. Yeah. Well, hopefully, maybe Microsoft will buy somebody, or Sony will buy somebody, and you know, <laughs> it'll make it an interesting discussion. Somebody spending Microsoft buys Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, Game Freak has been bought by Pokemon. What? Or bought and by Microsoft? Just, what? They, they no, them. Microsoft is just like, you know what? We're just going to buy the license. We don't need to Game Freak. Yeah, we don't need to. We're just going to buy the license. That would be very sad. We're going to let Arcane but... take care of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, we're just going to have like different Pokemon games from every studio that Microsoft now owns, so you get all sorts of just weird Pokemon games out of it. Yeah. That'd be so crazy. <laughs> but, 
Okay. Well, we're going to call that a show. Sorry that we couldn't stream it. For some reason, my upload was not working correctly. So if anybody who's listening to this was trying to originally watch the stream, I don't know what was going on. I literally upgraded my internet last week, and it's been working perfectly all day long, all week long, until I get downstairs, and all of a sudden the downstream uh, or the upload was went from 35 to like next to nothing. And sometimes it would be zero, and I don't know what the problem is. So as soon as I hang up, we're rebooting the entire network and seeing what's going to happen. So <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's not something with the computer, but we'll find out. So I but, highly uh, doubt it. I doubt if it you either. just changed your internet, then it's probably something to do with something that changed yeah something did but anyway yeah it's, i had to have that batman movie down i learned i wanted to watch it again like immediately but i didn't want to go back yeah. to the theater and watch it for three hours instead <laughs> you wanted to watch a really crappy shaky cam at 320 yeah and, you know, exactly that's the way i like it you know just, <laughs> i don't need this it's big me- movie screen with dolby sound give me mono and <laughs> it's, like, it's muddy it's pixelated you got like popcorn munching sounds right next to the microphone and yeah. it's just terrible and yeah. you all half of it is just the guy's sleeve that he's trying to film. It yeah, now. really. Oh, <laughs> man, I remember those days. Yeah, <laughs> watching movies like that, going, "Yeah, man, this is this is this is the way to do it." No, it's not. Uh, it's not that I did. Yeah. So, but all right. Well, we're going to call that a show. Like I always say, guys, we try, we try to stream this. Uh, so, but you know, if you want to come and join us live when we do stream it. Uh, follow us on Twitter at geo underscore podcast. I would like to tweet out a couple hours before we go live. If not, you'll get it on your pod catcher. Like you always do when I put it up the next day. So, <laughs> or early if it's earlier in the day, but it's late. So I'm not going to put it up today. So, all right, guys. Well, thanks a lot for hanging out and listening to us and we will catch you all next time. podcast is part of the gamers lounge radio network get more gaming news and shows at www.the-gamers-lounge.com